This is the Boy Addy Podcast, recorded live in Bill's basement. I'm Annie. I'm Bill. We're here to talk to y'all about pop culture detritus. Now, Bill, I believe you had a question for me. I was asking, well, what's your experience with Animaniacs? I... Animaniacs, good or bad? I was the target demographic for Animaniacs when it came out uh-huh. in every possible way. What? I loved it. No, there's no oh, okay, there. Okay, yeah, I thought this was going to be a story, but... No, no, no. I was a huge... <laughs> I really enjoyed Tiny you Toons. the first episode. See... Okay, so the only reasons I bring this up because yeah. I'm on a new podcast with listener Grumpy Turtle. Uh-huh. Uh, go to tardypodcast.com. We we talk about uh, uh, all sorts of stupid stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the episode we recorded yesterday was about Animaniacs, and like I forgot, like there's a lot. It's hard to talk about the origins of Animaniacs mm-hmm. without. I totally forgot Tiny Toons was a thing. Yeah, see, I was really like tiny. I cut my eye teeth on Tiny Toons and then grew into Animaniacs because Animaniacs first came on when I was nine. I want to yeah. say. So and I was in. So as I grew up, like was it like two or three years between Tiny Toons and uh, Animaniacs? Came I out? feel like it was. It was. It well, I, I, Bill, I was nine when Animaniacs came out, so it felt like a long time in between. <laughs> yeah, the two. I know exactly. Yeah. I'm sure it was so like went Animaniacs from one is to the another. Deep Space Nine of <laughs> Warner Brothers cartoon animation back uh-huh, then. Okay, much, I see. Yeah. Pretty much. Was uh, Batman and the Animated Adventures? Oh, actually, they were on at the same time, according to this. Animaniacs and Tiny Toons. Nine. It says Tiny Toons was 1990 to 1995. Yeah, just Daniel Grumpy Turtle yesterday, he was talking about how so much of, like the voice acting and stuff and the, and the writers and stuff had come over from Tiny Toons. Yeah. Which totally makes sense. Yeah. Um, oh. Anyway. But yeah, I was right of the right age and of Animaniacs. And I think Animaniacs in some ways defined a lot of my uh, aesthetics. and like in the way, for a lot of people. I feel like early, those, those cartoons I was weaned on, like, I really got, defined what I got into. Like, how was it that? But you've, you know, you've, you've seen all the old Looney Tunes cartoons. So oh, did yeah. you Did you see those before Animaniacs came out? Yeah. Like okay, my, so you so you kind of like okay you yeah. you appreciated them essentially in chronological order exactly because I know some people who were introduced to the old Looney Tunes cartoons after seeing Animaniacs and they're like yeah. oh I can kind of see where a lot of this came from yeah even though this this almost seems like an homage to Animaniacs yeah. where, you know real, uh, reality it would be real weird so. to have watched Tiny Tunes first and then go Looney so? Tunes because literally Arr! literally the premise of Tiny Tunes is they're going to college <laughs> to become Looney okay. Tunes so uh, the Animaniacs episode of Tardy the Party. Uh, podcast does not come out for a couple more weeks, but spoilers. We had a huge debate as to what what's the age of the Tiny Tunes because I was convinced. Not that they're I I okay. I'm they're just, in college. I just labeled them as babies. <laughs> well, but I thought that was like a grade school thing, isn't it? It's a college. I don't know. It's, it's not the same characters. Okay, I, I get it. These are it. separate characters because in my mind, I imagine this is essentially Muppet Babies for Looney Tunes, but no, it's actually <laughs> it's a new university. Characters. It is, they're going to a university. But for like ten year olds, right? Because they're kids. They're right? like, like short squat. Even even like when you see an adult Looney Tunes, right? When they cameo, are they not taller? They are. That's yeah. what I'm saying. So they are still like growing. I, well, I'm not. I'm not trying to say they're fully mature. <laughs> yeah, unless they're, they're all like dwarves. Yeah. yeah, they're 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 in college, man. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they're all like an accelerated <laughs> education program. Looney Tunes University just go straight from just like yeah, just like they're, they're from just, Protozoa. Yeah, <laughs> straight on to, to college. like cartoon college. Yeah. It's no. like clown school. It's not like you have clown grade school. You have clown <laughs> university and that's it. Yeah. Exactly. No, I don't know, man. It's been, I have not seen Tiny Toons or Animaniacs since the time they were on the air. So, I've got all the Animaniacs you would ever want. And now. I, you know what? There's, I've I learned. watched 30 episodes of Animaniacs in two weeks. That is 15 hours of Animaniacs Lord, in two Bill. weeks. That is essentially an, an hour's worth of Animaniacs per day, which is not too 
too bad. But when you're a grown adult, and I had a lot of stuff to do, yeah, I, yeah, I, it, it on, was really because originally I only meant to watch like a dozen episodes, but yeah. it was actually I got caught up enough. I was yeah. like, okay, I will watch at least thirty because I started watching for fun and not just yeah. research for the Tardy podcast. Yeah. It was good. Yeah, it's it's funny because I a couple like maybe about it was right before I met Foley, so maybe about nine years ago for a birthday, some friends got me the DVD of the first season of Animaniacs because mm-hmm. it had just came out, and I tried to watch like two episodes, and, and I realized I'm like, well, no. I just like you know what you can't go home again yeah. and i just stopped watching it it's one of those things like i have the tail the tailspin fucking dvds if they came out i'd have the goddamn cowboys and mumesa dvds but so i would never are you, watch them are you more of a disney afternoon kid than you are at warner brothers no i was a i was a hardcore I, i'd say i grew from one to the other i started as a disney afternoon kid because yeah, disney afternoon started warner before brothers. the warner brothers stuff started yeah. I, I was really because i liked the humor and yeah. shit of the the tiny tune stuff and like all the weird jokes of anime like now that you've watched it, you can appreciate all the weird threads they had. Like they had. Are the you fucking... talking about just like the basic threads, or are you talking about like the sex jokes and innuendos and stuff? No, I they mean, also like, do the have the weird inner humor stuff. I'm not even talking about the humor. I'm talking about all the weird characters they had and all the weird bits they had, like the ongoing installments of fucking what's her name slappy squirrel the uh-huh. aging vaudevillian about this on the tardy podcast yeah, yeah it's like and uh uh let's see pinky and the brain of course mm-hmm. uh because who what kids kids come running for orson daniel Wells broke jokes. down the whole thing he's like okay the, the only character i did not run into was katie kaboom which i guess is oh yeah katie the kaboom because there's Damn. 99 episodes i only watched the first 30 so i watched essentially a third of animaniacs mm-hmm. um but yeah there's uh slappy the squirrel right who's actually voiced by one of the writers oh really who had actually was also responsible for hiring for most of the other writing staff. Interesting. Um, uh, there's Buttons and Mindy. Is that oh what it is? yeah. See, I forgot half. There's days. Rita and Runt, which Rita is burned at Peter's. Yeah. Which and are all usually weird musical jokes. Yeah. <laughs> there's Good Feathers, which we talked about a lot about Good Feathers. Yeah. It's just. I so the we, only reason I bring this up is yeah. because I know you're a huge cartoon uh, at, fan and yeah. maniacs fan and all that stuff. Because uh, I don't at mean the to put the tardy. Uh, pa- tardy to the party podcast every episode right every five minutes <laughs> what i'm just saying but we should that's y'all podcast.com that's right yeah. bill good you haven't pitched your podcast at the start i'm trying to learn good yeah. on you, okay my anyway i'm gonna shut up no now. it's interesting because yeah i really enjoyed anime at the time i had all the cds of all their various songs well it makes sense because they had so many songs yeah you know what the second episode i think it's the second episode the first skit in the second episode is the goddamn country song let's see how many they much of that i can off. remember hold on a sec- second uh United States, Canada, Mexico, Panama, Haiti, Jamaica, Peru, Republic Dominican, Cuba, Greenland, El Salvador, too. That's as far as I got. Actually, if you just start randomly rattling off any country name, <laughs> technically you're doing it right, but like, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember. And it, yeah, my, I love Pirates of Penzance because of fucking Animaniacs. Oh, I, yeah? I fell ass they backwards. They do, they have a, I am a very modern. Oh, uh, yeah, because they do a cartoon that's, it's, yeah, the HMS. Modern cartoon kind of animal yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. And yeah. That, that's my how animation I fell. is da 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 Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Fucking. That show. The only thing I'm also going to bring up, because we go extensively. Yeah, I was going to say, this is, this is well-traveled territory. Again, and this is also an episode that's not even live yet. Soon to come. But Minerva Mink? Did you ever see Minerva Mink? The name this is This is something familiar? Daniel Daniel Grumpy Turtle, he was like, Bill, I know you may not get the Minerva Mink, because you might want to skip forward to, like, episodes 54 what? or 56. Minerva Mink. Oh, my God. I forgot. You know why I forgot about Minerva She's Mink? She's, like, the because big I was an unsexual person at the time. It's pretty much... She's the Robin Hood for dudes. 
Wow. Whereas all the girls growing up had the hot to Robin Hood. She is like explicitly uh, just designed to fuck up little wow. kids' sexuality. Uh, Daniel pointed out <laughs> if you go, if you look at Minerva Mink's model sheets on the Animaniacs wiki, you see the model sheets where she's dressed in the skimpiest clothes possible with like an immaculately rendered ass and everything. Wow. So it's not just like, oh, we accidentally created this hot cartoon character, but they very specifically said, you know what? Let's fuck with kids a little wow. bit. Let, let's twist their uh, sexualities. This is so. real bad. I was, yeah. I also really object to the Wikipedia entry on Minerva Make. Why? It's just like, <laughs> it makes me really uncomfortable. That's what of course it does. Watch the cartoon! Bill, beyond the fact that she's, sex, she's generally sexualized, it notes that her scale changes with the plot. In her first appearance, she's shown in the size of a normal mink. But later, she's shown the same size of human being. She's driving there's a car, like, I don't get it. There's a nested fetish in here, my uh, friend. The one joke of Minerva Mink, though, seems to be that uh, every cartoon of hers is everyone just wants to fuck her. <laughs> That's the only joke. <laughs> but at the end of every cartoon, she finds another guy, like another furry animal guy that she wants to fuck, and then uh-huh. she goes through the ooga, ooga. Oh, yes, no! That's the that. punchline, and she turns yeah. into a hot mess because yeah. she wants to, f- yeah, so. The joke Which is still. that women have sexuality, too. Well, it's funny, because those cartoons were written by the, uh, by the Sherry Stoner, the lady who played Slappy Squirrel, and so yeah. she wrote those episodes, which mm-hmm. is still kind of... It, like, it was co-created by her and Paul Dini. Oh, that's crazy. Uh-huh. Oh, and we start talking about Freakazoid. Anyway, and... yeah, so I will let uh, y'all... I will leave y'all. That's enough of a tardy to the party. The more most recent episode was about the Magnificent Ambersons, though. Have you ever seen that? It was... It's supposed to be one of the best movies of all time, right? No. It's Citizen... It's it, not Citizen Kane. Orson Welles' second movie you made after Citizen Kane? I thought okay, it was supposed I to be really good. I thought it was supposed to be like people are like oh it's people think of it as a lesser work but it's actually far superior. To uh, Tardy the Party is already a hot mess because uh, this is like one of the first movies we decided to tackle and it's impossible to find anywhere. Yeah. So even if anyone listens to the episode, Bill, they don't know Bill, what we're going to talk you, about. Oh, it's, oh, I thought you meant you found it impossible to find. I'm like you live like four blocks away from Movie Madness. You I have no excuses. About that. Well, we're talking because we would at least want to talk about stuff that other sure. people. Because the whole point of uh, the uh, Tardy the Party podcast is that uh, it's Tardy the Party because we are uh, essentially going to our backlogs sure. and attacking yeah. things that we've always, you know, like movies and... You guys are adorable. Because it's like, you're like, it, there isn't grain of accessibility to that, but it's also cute that you guys were, your first couple episodes are Yoshi's Islands, The oh, Magnificent oh. Anderson, and, 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 and Animaniacs! Yeah! We flashed just thinking about those <laughs> Well, that's because we like, me, no. me and Daniel love old stuff. Yeah, yeah. Ideally, you'd be on the podcast, too, because you love old stuff. I and we'd all be just garbage. driving away listeners left and right. I don't know. I oh, went no, from... We, Lady like that any any podcast that m- makes um, the consumption of a thing mandatory makes it at a certain point really hard for me. See to that's a thing. Oh, and the and the second thing I chose was Magnificent Ambersons, yeah. which is not available on DVD or yeah. anything. It's not streaming or it essentially yeah. does not no longer exists. Yeah, no one has seen it. No one will ever see it. Yeah, and we spent like ninety minutes on on it talking about hey guys, here's our commentary <laughs> for this movie. It's just yeah. Yeah. In the future, we're gonna endeavor to like, to, like maybe we'll do like Transformers Four. Or something. Sure, yeah, yeah. Maybe not Transformers Four. Uh, all I did this week while you were watching Animaniacs and stuff like that was I, I, I'm finally done with a crazy couple weeks at work, so I haven't had much time to actually consume much of anything. So pretty much, literally, what I did every night this week was I'd go to work, I'd work late, I would come home, Aww. and immediately start playing Dragon Age, or excuse me, uh, Shadow Run Hong Kong. That was pretty much my night every week until I was unconscious. 
And then next day I'd go to work, come home, play Shadowrun Hong Kong, and repeat. Is it good? I really enjoyed it. So uh, the Shadowrun games, the Shadowrun Returns games are now a trilogy. They're Shadowrun Returns, Shadowrun Dragonfall, and Shadowrun Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. These games play like how I remember Fallout playing, like Fallout One and Two when I was a kid. Though granted, they're much more they're much more small in scope much more limited in scope, but that's to their advantage. They're telling a little more of a focused score story. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I really liked about this one in particular is I thought it had the strongest hub of them all. Um, I can't even remember the MacGuffin of Dragon... Dragon... Uh, of uh, the first one, Shadowrun Returns. Um, you're just a runner. The second one, you... The start of the game, a friend of yours dies, who was the... Um, kind of the uh, backbone of the small community and you are forced you kind of take over her mantle and you don't really have time to mourn her loss or anything like that because you you are yeah this is a lady yeah mine it was I'm talking about the second game I'm talking about Dragonfall okay because I know the same thing I'm talking about Dragonfall oh okay 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 so in that game you're forced to become the um, moral backbone of this community and that's kind of your draw to it and i you know it i didn't feel it was kind of weird it was like you're now the mom of this place good luck and i didn't feel quite as connected to it especially when your characters you're kind of an outlaw you're kind of a criminal and it was kind of strange moral position to be in um and again it's about choice this game is you are uh the game opens where you are a stranger in a strange land you're in this community you immediately become indebted to this crime lord you have to do her bidding in addition to trying to uh, find out what happened to your adopted father. And you're also thrust in with your uh, adopted brother after not having seen him for a long, yeah, long Duncan time. Yeah, Duncan Wu. Duncan yeah. Wu, one of my favorite hunky no. uh, video game characters. But I liked from the start that your connection to the game is mostly your connection to Duncan. Like you're you're a stranger in a strange land. You're drawn. You're 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 connected to him, and you explore your history together. And then you're trying to you know the father figure thing. But on top of that, this community doesn't give a shit about you. It will last long after you you leave. No matter even if even if the terrible thing that is gonna happen yeah. that you're trying to event happens, you, this community is still gonna keep on keeping on. So it's not other. like a world-ending travesty. Or well, I mean, it, it, it's a terrible thing but this place is such a shithole it's yeah, just gonna no. be another giant turd that they have to move around it's like this is a this is that's a community good. like uh, uh that's on the fringes of the fringes of the fringes you're not being prophesized to save the day or anything like that i mean you are there is a terrible impending thing that's going to happen and you have to stop it but you know this place is a shithole and it's gonna keep on being a shithole and it's whatever and it it's part of the game tells you that it's like you know yeah. what even if this terrible thing had come to pass they kind of would have figured out a way around it and it's or like they would have just like lived around it because that's what you do you just scabs form and you live with them and i liked that and i liked the people in this hub and um in a perfect i think my perfect shadow run game would be this hub with your party members from um dragonfall uh plus duncan that would be my favorite because ultimately the sh- i preferred the party members a little more and yeah Dragonfall. Dylan was talking about the same thing yeah except for duncan Wu, i really like duncan Wu, and i did like isabel so he's a good character he's not just hot but i mean yeah he's i like i like the sort of character he is unfortunately this game doesn't really 
do you ever play a video game or read a book or watch a movie and as much of it happens as your in your head as actually happens in the media and then afterwards you're like oh i really liked this thing and then someone else consuming it like that didn't actually happen that was yeah. all like your little head cannon that was all you did a thing all by yourself it's really common in the bioware games we have this romance that means a lot to you and then you'll go back and replay it and there's not actually much there there but, but your you're brain, so emotionally invested exactly. you create these you connections on with it. people that really don't exist as well well-roundedly as you remember them. Exactly! Yeah. Um, yeah. And I feel like this is definitely one of those games where I did a lot of heavy, heavy lifting for it. Well. But, uh, um, like, Duncan, I like the idea of the sort of character that Duncan is. So Duncan grew up on the streets like you. Um, you both were involved in child gangs. Um, you got taken off the streets by this man, Raymond, who adopted you. Took you mostly on the street and arrow. Did your best. Your character um, basically leaves and you get old enough and gets uh, gets wrapped up in some shit and sent to corporate prison. Meanwhile, Duncan tries to improve himself and better himself and basically wants to be anything but what he was and eventually becomes essentially a cop. Mm-hmm. The start of the game is uh, his partner gets murdered and he is forced, he's immediately outlawed, and he is forced to give up the man he has tried so hard to become, and in a lot of ways regress to this self he hasn't been since he was a child. And there's like a lot of inherent conflict in that that's really juicy yeah. that the game sort of explores. But there's an interesting thing in these video games that I feel like I, I felt the same thing with Inquisition, where, and especially in Dragon Age 2. Where they never give a hierarchy to party members. Everybody is equal. Because everybody could be someone's favorite. There is as yeah. much development in Rando C as there is in your supposed you best think, friend. You don't think that works out that well? Well, I fe- always feel like there should be like an arthurial intent. And like there should be a hierarchy. This man is my brother. Yeah. I haven't seen him in a decade. What I want to have more time. Like- well, I, that's fine for me as a player. I'm saying if you're telling a story... Put your money where your mouth is yeah. a little bit. I don't know. I feel like there's... Depending on how important to the story that character is. Sure, sure. If you're the only important character in the story and everyone is expendable, I could see why they democratize it so everyone just gets the same amount of attention. Sure. But... The the this... core... The, the, the tenor of the game is a core thing is you are... I mean, it's... So there's... Because you as a player character can react however you want to any given situation. With yeah. your adopted father, you can treat him like a sleazebag who's not worth anything. You can treat him like your beloved father. And Duncan kind of serves as a stable point of conflict with your adopted father. Like, no okay. matter what, he's going to enter. So from have a story this... perspective, he is really important. Exactly. Like he, and <gasps> that, I, just, I just wish that the game just put their fucking money into that and just let your relationship with Duncan be the core of it. In, bio, in uh, Mass Effect, would you have ch- which characters would you have chosen to... If, if you had to hang the story more on secondary characters and actually flesh them out a little bit more, like what would be the equivalent characters in that? Because I, I could ask about Dragon Age, but I don't know that well enough to understand sure. like, what you're... Uh, I mean, really, like, you put it into the people who were there with you from the start. Like, yeah. I feel like like in in one, it would be Ashley or Caden, and that's hard because from a, from a design well, that reason. That would be interesting, one though, die. because one of them has a design, but that would even make their death even more interesting if you actually spend by design mm-hmm. more time with them or at least you have the option to spend I feel like you time. do it's like whatever serves the story like yeah. in two I think I love Garrett like maybe Garrus and Tali like because their conflicts are most interesting like this is also my biggest beef with Inquisition was that I don't with all, the reason why they had all these party members was explicitly so that if you want to be crazy and roll out four mages you can you have mm-hmm, that option yeah. but man I had you have like 12 people to write for Jesus Christ and they're all gonna they're gonna spread the peanut butter evenly no Fuck it. 
I think if your character, if you have a best friend or a relationship with a with, with someone who's important and is important to the story of your game, fucking spread more peanut butter up on there, motherfuckers. Like, I can see that. I, see I understand that. that it's it's hard because from a designer, you want the person who is consuming it to make their own way and choose. Yeah, what is and you important. don't want to lean towards one character. But I also feel if like, you've got all these other characters. But I also feel like then like it, it. What is the purpose for all? What is the purpose of a character if not to serve the story? And if you have a character, yeah, you that's, know, it's like... That's the difference between writing a story and writing a sandbox. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know. Like, sandboxes are so hot right now. So here I am saying, you know what the next Bioware game should be? One pal. <laughs> I want one really developed pal. I want... If if the next Mass Effect game is super exploratory and you just go through the world or whatever, I want to have it be with one person who I, where all that meat and potatoes goes into that one person. And it's yeah. my relationship with them as we explore the strange space. Like, that's my perfect thing. Or like just like three people. It would or be interesting something. if you had like a, like almost like a Last of Us kind of focused story yeah. with someone else, where maybe there are still some kind of story changes you can mm-hmm. story uh, yeah changes you can make that like some choices you have, sure. but would still be focused on that one character or maybe a very sm- small group of people where mm. yeah rather than just giving I mean, you it's 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 more about a richer uh narrower focus of of, yeah. of relationships rather than just like exactly having this big wide yeah. field of people who are all equally kind of written well but like you really don't get balls deep yeah into their and past or anything like the that consequences, or who are they, they are the I consequences are more yeah. like your cons- your relationship with that person yeah like a game and maybe that ends... what, what happens if you could actually accidentally destroy your relationship with the person yeah right, like at the that's end of the game like... they walk away yeah I mean this is all very mechanical abstract that sort would of be stuff interesting yeah two or three relationships that could fundamentally change in more ways than you could in yeah like what if in Bioshock Infinite just to take an example yeah. the choices you made in the game impacted your relationship with Elizabeth yeah I mean, it's like, and not... Which is, that's exactly the kind of thing that game could have used to get yeah. some more depth, at least from a story perspective. To go back to yeah. Shadowrun for a second, one of the things that I like about it is that it doesn't always take the moralizing route. Okay. Like, sometimes the right... I mean, sometimes it takes really cheap well, so it's shots. like your characters are all kind of sleazy. They're all kind of shady. Bit, so it makes sense they that they do, would... They do, but even despite that, they do kind of default to the good choices, yeah, the right choice sort of thing. But, uh, like, the, and they do some, some other things, like, uh, um... There, there's a troll family in this town and you can do the classic RPG sort of thing where you talk to them through their problems and you can advise them to take a path. And in any other game, you come to the end and they've reacted based on your, you random asshole who walked by and gave them advice. They've acted on it. And in this game, they're like, okay, well, I'm my own person. I made my own decision. On the one hand, it's like, well, from a gameplay perspective, doesn't that rob you of your narrative agency? I do like that, though. But it's, it's, like, it's... No, they're their own human fucking beings. The narrative richness comes from those dialogues you have. Yeah. You know, and that can change and everything. But they're still They're not suddenly own... inviting you over to dinner exactly. because you solved all their problems. We just, have... Just happened to be walking yeah. past that open window when they were arguing with each other? Yeah. There's one dude who has a mysterious past and as you talk to him, he talks to you about what he presents his past as. And you never find out what his mysterious past is because you're not fucking it might there's a there's a um visual novel a very short visual novel called kindness coins where in it you play the a character in a visual novel who's being hit on by a protagonist in a visual novel Mm -hmm. and so the protagonist is acting in all the ways that you do in a visual novel to get someone to fuck you and finally you the character says dude i'm not like some sort of machine that you plug kindness toys and or kindness coins into until love or sex falls out you know it's like i like the idea that's a joke everyone makes about like uh the friend zoning and stuff like yeah you can't treat women like that so it's interesting someone actually turned that into a game yeah but also in like in video games it's Uh, like well that's that kind of works that way it's like it's 
exactly. If you treat someone well enough enough times, then yeah. like, you develop this kind of relationship. And, and that's gamifying relationships. Yeah. I understand that. Well, see, that's, like, kinda, I, I, that's kind of what I, at the beginning I was asking if there's kind of a prophecy where you're like the chosen one who you're the only one who can fix the situation. Because it's nice if they make you a character who, uh, you do have agency, you can mm-hmm. impact things in the world, but you are not the end-all, be-all character of that world. Yeah. You are essentially, even though you are the main central playable character in that yeah. world, uh, in the fiction of the world, you are not the linchpin of that world. So that's, it's nice that's that, that, like... That's kind of the MacGuffin of, Hunk, of Shadow and Hong Kong. In terms of plot and uh, in terms of, like, individual uh, interactions with people, mm-hmm. like, they, people can kind of live 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 with or without you. Like, Your yeah. job... You're moving through that environment, but, yeah. Yeah, the, the really very light spoiler for Shadow and Hong Kong, you, your only concern is you've come to Hong Kong because your father figure is in trouble and you need to save him. So that's your goal. There's a secondary thing happening where there's some sort of mysterious shadowy entity that's doing terrible things to people. Everyone has these nightmares of a creature with ter- like teeth and the only way to keep yourself from being consumed by them is to tear out your own tongue. And so people start tearing out their tongue. I mean, it's like gruesome, but ultimately you are not the hero who's going to save the day, all you eventually discover again, very light spoilers that your father figure is the linchpin. And so you, all you're doing is trying to get is you personally only invested in saving him. And then secondarily, he can do this thing. And I like, you know, it's, I know that like, I'm basically saying, you know, it'd be great if they stripped away choice that was impactful and that no, uh, but it's nice to have someone with authorial intent where they're creating yeah. a story about you're not saving the world yeah. you're just like you're just trying to save someone you care about I, I wish ha- but, I mean I'll admit I wish Shadow Hong Kong leaned into it a lot more yeah. I get that you know that's not the goal of the game but I enjoyed it and I also really enjoyed this is nothing related to anything we're talking about <laughs> but I love playing games as a charismatic asshole. Yeah. And so my character, Ayla Fitz, Fitz is a big old charmer. And there were a lot of missions where I could talk my way out of everything. Like a whole whole missions where I didn't have to fire a single shot. And I love that shit. Okay. Of course, the end is a big fucking bl- guns blazing sort of thing. Yeah. But it's nice to have... So you beat have, the game? Yeah. No, okay. It was nice to have shit where it's like, I'm a smooth tongue How devil. long was your playthrough of the game? Because you said um, it was not very long or very big. 12 hours? Okay, that's not too bad. I spend my time. I've poured seven hours in the Metal Gear yet, and I just beat the first mission. Yeah, please. People are much more interested in telling here talking. No, about no, it. it's a, we don't. It's not like we have to like address any specific things or anything. I didn't even mean to segue to Metal Gear. Oh no, 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 no. Is there no. anything else you want to talk about? Uh, no, 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 no. That's a good segue. Like Let's that, roll though. with it. I'm really enjoying it. Thank you, uh, Hairbrain Schemes. I enjoyed your game. Uh, spoiler. There's not much to talk about other than Metal Gear that I poured seven hours. I just <laughs> looked at the time clock right before we started yeah. recording. I just beat my first mission because uh-huh. I spent so much. Well, I forgot. Do you remember when this? game was first why did the xbox, the xbox just, turned on. just turned on did i accidentally touch it maybe because none of us did we say xbox on oh see you just did it you asshole no, no way it's turning off anyway, um what the hell are you talking you're about metal gear so oh, so this is, do you remember when this was first unveiled at like was it like e3 or yeah. the video game awards yeah. where it was like it wasn't a metal gear game in yeah. the first trailer it was like you're a dude with no arm yeah. in the hospital yeah. and you're crawling around and stuff yeah. And, like, there's a flaming whale in the yeah, sky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember when that's... Yeah. Like, what did you think about that original trailer before was, uh, people figured out it was Metal Gear? I thought it was, like... It looks like a weird horror game. I love the idea of, like, playing a character without a missing arm and stuff like that. Like, if they made yeah. a video game... Because, I mean, I think that's back when they were just saying the game was called The Phantom Pain. Yeah. And I love the idea. Like, oh, my God, what if you're... And, and like, in the trailer, they show you it's, you're playable. You're trying to get around while being yeah. attacked by bad guys. Well, and so you, often games all... are power fantasies. So it's interesting to see when yeah. you're disempowered. And yeah. I forgot. So that is actually the whole whole first like hour and a half of this game is doing yeah. that stuff and that's actually 
I mean, granted, essentially, it's a tutorial because it's like sure. you press X button to figure out how to run. But you've been like the game starts off. You're I don't do you even know anything about the story of Metal Gear? Because I don't. I've played. Your dude is, you've been in a coma for nine years. I think even people who know the stories of I Metal know. Gear. <laughs> the snake from the other games you're playing as big, big boss, boss snake who's the progenitor right because snake, snake is a clone of big yeah boss. and this is the guy the clones came from because like it's not even snake because there's like three snakes in 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 the other games <laughs> you're playing this guy from like metal gear solid three i think uh-huh i played metal gear one played metal gear two played part of metal gear three and that's all i've ever played of this so that's why and even then while playing the games i was not paying attention to the story so yeah. this is all kind of fuzzy to me all i've played is four is... my wife played one, two, and three. Oh, so would she want to borrow this? Because if she's just down with the... We were so burned by Ground Zeroes. This is what a turd a game that was. We what know is Ground Zeroes? Because I know it's a downloadable free... It was pitched as... Like, it's basically just a big open sand, open world sort of thing where it's like one base you're trying to infiltrate. Did you beat it? No, we played about 15 minutes of it. Because I was wondering like, if it's no. supposed to prologue to this game because it's I wonder if it shows how is. you end up in a coma for nine years. Because you, the, literally the game starts off with you waking up, you're in bed, all you can do is move your head around yeah. and like the, the nurse's titties in your face. Who, with Metal Gear games, who the fuck knows? Like, who the fuck knows? I, Dude will do whatever he wants whenever he wants. It's funny because I've barely done anything in the game despite having played seven hours. Yeah. It took me seven hours to get through the Citadel in the first Mass Effect game and that felt like I played that forever. Yeah. In a good yeah. way. Like, yeah. I, I sucked yeah. the marrow out of that first seven hours yeah I, I did not want to leave the citadel in the first mass effect game without yeah checking out everything because yeah. i wanted to absorb all the world building yeah and like so i had done a lot in that game and yeah. metal gear solid 5 i've yeah. played seven hours so all i've done <laughs> was crawl out of a hospital <laughs> and then like i got a horse and that's all i've done are you enjoying it so far so far oh okay so i've crawled <laughs> out of a hospital losing their shit about this game i got my own base full of guys who i'm uh, staffed by people who i'm kidnapping from the battlefield <laughs> this game is fucking crazy <laughs> So the idea is that you're Snake, you're in the hospital, it's, yeah, something happened nine years ago on a mission, you got fucked up, and you got sent into a coma for the last nine years, and suddenly now you're just waking up. And at the beginning, uh, now, I guess news has gotten out that you're waking up, and so the people who tried to kill you nine years ago try to kill you again. Why don't they kill you when you're unconscious? No, because you've been there for nine years. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, so the game starts, uh, your hospital is being attacked, and you're just getting out of a coma. Of course, your body hasn't moved in nine years, so your muscles are all fucked up, so you're just learning how to walk again. And also, yeah, you just find out that like, you lost your arm and one eye in whatever happened nine years ago, which I would assume was kind of what I'm Ground sure. Zeroes yeah. uh, ends up being about. And um, so you finally escape, and um, Revolver Ocelot, who's like a young, like sexy guy, because uh-huh, yep. it's a prequel. Uh-huh. He's all like fuckable. He's all like big Revolver boss. Uh, it sounds crazy, but I bought a giant oil derrick out of the middle of the ocean. This is gonna be our secret base because now we have to go kill Russians for no reason. Uh, <laughs> yep. what, what's gonna happen? I got you. I got you a base out in the middle of the ocean. Mm-hmm. I want you to go out and do missions for me. Uh, when you do missions, I give you some balloons. <laughs> when you do the missions... Because every to... mission is a party. And it is. These missions are just like, go kill that guy. Go kidnap this guy. I just need you to collect things out in the field. Mm-hmm. If you find dudes, if, if you find bad guys in the environment, yeah. go kill them, knock them out, attach a balloon to them, and they will float over to this base I've just built for you, and we will force them to work for us. And so it's kind of like Animal Crossing. <laughs> Except Ocelot is Tom Nook because he's like in charge right, of everything. He's right. like saying, "Hey, boss. Okay, we need like f- you need we need you to kidnap five more guys in this next mission. <laughs> Just pick a couple plants uh-huh. and like 
steal five boxes of, of iron ore from like their camp. <laughs> and then if you do that, bring that back to us, we can make you a pink helicopter that blasts <laughs> heavy metal music. Your next mission after that. There's no story so far beyond just like you're just really, collecting I resources for awesome. where this game doesn't actually get started. Which is and I, again, I'm only seven hours in, so I haven't really started doing the crazy stuff. Except uh, I keep on trying to play the first mission again. And now that Ocelot has given me balloons that I can attach to people I've knocked out, uh huh. And they will fly. They it's great because okay, so you go up to a guy. You, you have a little tranquilizer gun. You can shoot uh-huh. him, knock him out, or you can sneak up behind him and choke him out, and he falls yeah, asleep. Right, right. And right. you go up to him, and you have the option to. I think it's called the Fulton device that you attach. It is essentially a rocket-powered balloon that you attach to the guy. So you attach it to the guy you've knocked out. He floats up for a second, and then suddenly mm-hmm. the engine starts up, and he goes rockets in the sky, screaming, yeah. even though he's just un- unconscious. But he wakes up just long enough to realize that you've attached a balloon to him, <laughs> shoots him into orbit, and then you gotta call on the radio a little bit later. From also, it's like, hey, uh, boss, so yeah, we just got that guy. He just arrived here. We're going to start brainwashing him and make him put, make him part of our team. And so I guess you can start doing this to animals, to wow. Jews and stuff. I know. I've seen and these all these to bears. Yeah. He's seriously just like, every mission is like, because like the first mission they gave me was like, okay, all it is is there's a little camp. There's a head commander guy of the base. Either kill him or kidnap him and bring him back to the base. Well, it doesn't matter. Just, we, he needs to be eliminated. And there's like 20 guys in the base. And it's actually pretty simple to just go kind of sneak around sure. a little bit. You know, Metal Gear Solid style, yeah. uh, style and get to the guy. In fact, the first time I played through this mission, I did kidnap the guy, put a balloon on him, shot mm-hmm. him into the, into the sky, mm-hmm. and he wound up on the base. But then I was like, wow, they give me 12 of these balloons and there's 20 <laughs> of these guys. How many of these guys can I kidnap and also send to my yeah, base? Yeah. And I refuse to like get like, complete the first mission until sure. I've kidnapped twelve guys because sure. I have twelve balloons. Because I just love yeah. the idea of just like sweeping and just kidnapping yeah. as many people as I can to brainwash to be part of my team. That's pretty great. But I keep on fucking up because of course I end up getting sure. busted because I get too greedy and I'm yeah. like you know it's just like so I haven't gotten very far because I just want to kidnap everybody <laughs> and i guess there's like more shit in the game that unlocks where you just get extra like i i just opened up the menu um i actually did finally say fuck it i actually did connect the guy I sure just, yeah i only kidnapped him and like one other random dude sure, and i was sure. like i have to get through this mission just yeah, yeah. fucking end it because yeah. i'm never gonna beat this game if i get hung up and like having any uh, wanting to kidnap right everybody. you gotta leave the hinterlands bill and so i finally did that and they gave me a whole bunch of options so another thing too is you get like reward money and stuff for every mm-hmm. uh mission you beat which i only saw because this is the first mission i actually <laughs> right. beat right um and they give you uh, depending on how many people you kidnap uh, for the base, they can start putting those people into a research and development team. Mm-hmm. And that research development team, uh, with a combination of uh, the people on the team, uh, the uh, any stuff you find in the environment in the uh-huh. mission, like you know, like iron ore or weeds you can pick, kind of gets a very Red Dead Redemption because yeah, you're yeah. on a horse yeah. a lot of times out in the field, yep. picking flowers, shooting yep. the guys, and stuff like that. And a combination of that and the money you earn from missions, you can start researching, like, better cardboard boxes to sneak around in. <laughs> or, like, yeah, new paint schemes for your helicopter that drops you in and out. Sure. And just, like, all kinds of, like, some, you know, like, weapons and stuff that are practical. But the other stuff is just, like, oh, yeah, we got to, we just researched a cardboard box with, like, some kind we of, like, center fold on it. Party. <laughs> it's just, like, there's something about this game that's going to be so happy. The fact that so much the stupidity of past Metal Gears in this game sure. that usually went into the story yeah. went into the gameplay mechanics nice. for this game. Nice. Great, because they yeah, there's so many gameplay mechanics because Kojima loves 
making the full use out of the control and you have to yeah. use different button combinations to yeah. do this so it's kind of overwhelming yeah and then all the options for stuff you can do like research for your base and, I don't yeah. even, and ultimately i'm not even quite sure what this base is for <laughs> but it's like i said it's a giant it's old base. but it's my base in my house yeah. can you actually go and wander around your base yeah you can walk around. i can't can you go meet the people that you extracted <sighs> the f- and... not i'll find out because i literally yeah. just completed that mission right before you sure. showed up when you first show up at your base, when Ocelot takes you to the base and says, hey, boss, I made you a base. Yeah, right. He, there's a couple people staffed. There's a, there's a couple guards walking around. Right, right. And he's like, okay, boss, I'm going to give you, uh, there's going to be another tutorial. I'm going to teach you how to knock out guys and attach these balloons. To them. This is where you get the balloon tutorial. Right. And these guys are so anxious for you to knock them out and test the balloons <laughs> on. Yeah. It's weird that, like, they're already kind of brainwashed. Like, hey, big boss, we love you so much. Please knock me out. Please oh, knock me out. Oh, I see it's from that. It's a little weird. <laughs> Ocelot's just, just watching you and, like... It's just, it's like you're I'm building your own psycho army. Big Boss can choke me out any day. Big Boss is pretty. Saying. Oh, and the other weird thing is, this is, I don't get this. So there's a multiplayer component to this sure, game. I have sure. no idea what it is. I don't know if you're like attacking other people's like They're usually bases. a hot mess. The other yeah. Mm-hmm. So your, your game starts off in the hospital. This is yeah. a single player game. Sure. Uh, and this doctor comes up to you and says, the first thing he's like, oh, it's whatever the hell your name is like solid snake two solid snake papa whatever your name is snake senior you got fucked up in an accident nine years ago we're going to change your face because you need constructive surgery mm-hmm. and so they send you in this super deep character creator Seriously? so you're supposed to like so instead of snake the idea seems to be that you would look like a whole new person and they let you choose you can be black you can be asian you can anything but female forbid <laughs> God forbid they just give snake tits and he still looks the same but he's just like shooting No, no, him. exactly the same just a lady face. So I went through this whole thing making the super scrawny black guy with like a 70s mustache uh-huh. I thought looked really cool. Yeah. And then you accept that and then suddenly like the hospital gets attacked and everyone gets killed before they can actually administer the surgery? Seriously? And I don't know maybe that like turns out to be your multiplayer character that you just invented but like for a moment there I was like oh this is really crazy if it's a Metal Gear game that like that yeah. technically you're playing a snake but you can play as anyone you want as long as they don't have vagina yeah but but yeah so i don't know if the joke is like they make you go and it's an in-depth it's doing the whole skyrim thing where you change like the projection of the lips the narrowness Uh of the lips the eyebrows this stuff and it doesn't do anything because you happen to make all these choices where when the hospital gets wiped out and they're like, well, okay, I guess we're not doing that. You, like, I, I had seen someone make some mention to a character creation screen and I was like, what the fuck are oh, you talking about? Oh, that's going to be the next Monster Factory, I bet, too. Um, well, except you don't see the results. And you're like, no! You cheat, you hit the confirmation uh, button. It's like, yay, okay. And the doctor's like, we're going to do surgery. And he gets stabbed in the back of the head. I was like, I just wasted 20 minutes. So so far, this is the first Metal Gear game I've actually. Granted, it's only seven hours in. I I love that you can say the phrase "only seven hours." No, because like I could have beaten all of Portal Two in this game. Like, yeah, but it's not. I'm actually enjoying this in a way I have not enjoyed other middle. Oh man, the production values and everything. They're always beautiful games. Sixty frames per second, which I'm not a frame hound horror, but like just looks so good and like just the resolution. One of the first things you run into, Ocelot saves you out in the desert. Sure. And I got off my horse, and they give you binoculars. 
uh, that you can zoom in at everything. And so looking at the uh, player character model of mm-hmm. Ocelot, mm-hmm. like the in-game model, mm-hmm. like I was zooming into his eyes and you can even see like the individual like wrinkles in the inside of his irises. Yeah. It's not just like, just like, oh, like, damn, this is like fucking like, they put some yep. time. No, mon- no wonder they, this game almost bankrupted Konami. Yeah, it's because they spent a lot of time jerking off of irises. <laughs> horse animation is great. The horse can jump off a of tall like stuff. Yeah. And, like again, it was the first mission. They drop you off. You're in the middle of the desert. Yeah. Where, bearded dude on a horse mm-hmm. they're asking you to collect weeds and stuff like yeah. that I'm like it is this is the closest thing to red dead redemption i've played since oh, red dead Redemption. and i'm like oh yeah so even like that out yeah. in the wild you get a little bit yeah. then it gets super tactical and you have to do stuff but yeah. for a moment there it's like yeah da, 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 da. Oh, Kojima. it's not bad so far who knows <laughs> so how much far. of this i'm after like, i yeah. don't i doubt i'll ever beat this game because it seems like a 70 hour fucking game right yeah uh i did start off playing mad max instead this week yeah they both came out at the same time yeah do you want to borrow mad max i do actually on you because from what I've heard, uh, you don't want to play it anytime soon. It's not bad. It's just super bland. But Max is like the character design. He does stuff. look like this, just he default just looks, male. He looks like if you took um, if you took uh, Nathan Drake and uh-huh. gave him Joel's beard yeah. from The Last of Us. Yeah. Because at the beginning, your car gets destroyed. You they steal your jacket. It's just like the beginning of Fury Road. This game sure. almost seems to be almost like a video game remake of Fury Road, even though it seems to be a prequel. Um, yeah, they steal all your shit. So you spin around the first like. I'm still like I've played a couple hours of the game. And I'm still just running around. You're dressed like Nathan Drake because you have a long, dirty, long shirt with like a necklace on that, yeah. that Max never wore in any of the movies or anything like sure. that. There's no character creator. You're just this very generic kind of like Max with default white guy. male. Yeah, yeah, and like. It's just so generic. Like, the the post-apocalyptic world they've built, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm assuming uh, George Miller had nothing to do with this game, because this game has none of the personality or pop yeah. that his movies do. Yeah. And especially Fury Road, because Fury Road is especially bonkers. Uh, the story is that you're a Mad Max, and this is how you're first running into some of uh, Morton Joe's people. Um, I think the idea is that, like, you're getting into a fight with one of Morton Joe's sons um, who is running... In the in Fury Road, they talk about there's the main citadel where Morton Joe is. Right. And there's Gas Town, and then there's the Bullet Farm, which are the yeah. other two satellite towns. Yeah. Um, and I guess it uh, Morton Joe has two sons. One of each is in head head of those two satellite towns. Okay. And somehow you piss off the guy who's in charge of the the Bullet uh, the Gas Town, I think. Mm-hmm. And he gets angry at you, and he steals all your stuff. Doesn't kill you for some reason, but leaves you sure. for dead. And so now you're you you're stuck in the wilderness with no car, no jacket, or anything like that. But you stumble mm-hmm. across this hunchback guy who offers to build rebuild you a new car because for some reason he thinks you're a saint, and you're prophesized to save everyone in the wasteland. Mm-hmm. And this is another thing of Mad Max was like Mad Max is not supposed to be like this ultimate savior of everyone. Yeah, Max is always kind of like thrust into these situations. Yeah, and he and kind they, of muddles they his way through. Kind of do that a little bit, but then they start really throwing into like, oh, you're the prophesied one, blah, yeah. blah, And the idea, and they do make it seem like this hunchback is just kind of a religious nutcase. Yeah. And, but then also there's a secondary like weirdo that you've never met or anything before who suddenly shows up, who's this guy named Griffa, who t- actually turns out to be the guy who helps you level up between missions. Sure. Uh, as you complete missions, you get, like unlock like Mad Max coins. You have to take the Mad sure. Max coins to this guy named Griffa, yeah, and he'll be the one who lives. Like that's where you level up. You get more energy, you get yeah. better stamina and stuff like that. 
And whenever you talk to him, he's like, oh, hey, I've heard about you. You're going to save us all. And just like this whole kind of you're the chosen one prophecy yeah. kind of thing, which every fucking video game does. And that's yeah. not what Mad Max about. No. If anything, um, there's that bit in Thunderdome where he, the kids he he runs into, they think he's a savior, but yeah. he doesn't turn out to be. He's like, yeah. what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, so he's I love, a dick that's about That's kind it. of the point of that. Yeah. And this one, he actually kind of is the savior and he doesn't yeah. like reject it's just like the world is just so and the character design of this griffa guy yeah he's just like bad pax cosplay he's just guy in a raincoat with a couple goggles on like steampunk yeah. goggles but not like it doesn't look interesting like it's like like all the big secondary characters in a mad max movie are usually very distinct yeah right everyone's dressed like a psychopath but yeah. everyone's like very specifically like you you can recognize that character design from like from yeah like a fucking mile away because they're all so bonkers yeah it's interesting fully and i got the mad max blu-ray yesterday and we haven't watched rewatched the movie but we watched the special features yeah and one of the interesting things that george miller said was that the theory behind the character design and all of the world building and everything is like the mistake people make when they make wasteland or like a post-apocalyptic films is that yeah. they just treat it like a big junkyard yeah and he's like the thing is is that people always want to make beautiful things so every character should be trying to make beautiful things out of what they have because yeah. people want to be surrounded by beautiful things and you can build a lot of character into trying to figure out where this character came from so they'll have a very specific set of tools and, and mm-hmm. materials to make whatever yeah. it is that their clothing yeah. is going to be made out of exactly. and stuff and like how like whatever they've managed to build for themselves is like it's, you can tell the their character, character story yeah. yeah exactly it, it is the epitome of telling character th- uh, uh, character through costuming uh, yeah costuming and, yeah. and production design this game is none of that has none of that it is like watered down wannabe borderlands bullshit in terms of like character design and like the the, env- the environment is really huge it's a huge yeah. wasteland with beautiful like skyboxes and, and environmental effects and stuff the game looks great but in terms of just like that specifically i mean it's a beautiful wasteland game post-apocalyptic game but in terms of being a mad max thing it doesn't yeah. it feels like someone was just making a generic post-apocalyptic game and then somehow they got the license from warner brothers or whatever to make a turn it into a mad max thing at the last minute and there's like war boys and stuff like you're fighting war boys hmm. but like aside from that that's the only thing like from any of the mad max movies i've ever seen like in this game and all the other characters that the company actually had to create for the yeah. for specific for the game were just the most generic just like i'm just a guy with a big pile of junk but there's no yeah. nothing distinctive about the characters or huh. anything like that it's that may change because i only played for a couple of hours because i was so fundamentally disappointed in it sure but yeah. also the controls are a little weird yeah um one of the big things is like there's barely any ammo you know because it's like that's right. one of the things they did right um but like the shoot button is like it's not what you think the shoot button is not the right trigger i don't think it's i think it's like the last bumper or something like that Why? and so in a fight you'll be like oh my god what am i doing and suddenly like <laughs> you're just like flailing and shooting your shotgun off in random directions and yeah shit um but I don't oh know. man it's not man. again it's not terrible it's just not just not good it's just bland it's that oh, and again man, of course sad. i'm gonna be extra sensitive because i'm such a huge fucking mad man sure man. uh so take my words about this with a fucking well, everyone, great assault the size of rock of gibraltar everyone keeps kind of like being me it is about that this though. movie and like, i'm just, just extra because yeah i think it should look at least from an aesthetic perspective should sure. look a little bit more yeah. interesting but anyway so that's this will be yeah I'm, I'm curious about it but uh really it's just gonna be I, me sharpening my teeth for fucking fallout i'm generally curious to 
to see what you think about this game because you yeah. might like it better than I do. Because well, I'm, especially Foley, because I know she likes rolling, wandering around, and doing stupid shit. Uh, shit in games. Yeah. See, at the end of the day, like I really, as you all know, as I've just finished discussing, my favorite things in game are plot and character development, yeah. and how specifically, honestly, character development primary, and your relation and like games is a simulation of relationships and building relationships between people and your player character that's my number one favorite thing but i fully and i also do just have like the compulsive like uh-huh. like the, the our, one of our favorite games to play of all time was saboteur which was not oh, yeah. a really was not necessarily see, a great game so, like, yeah, but it's just a get... game where it's a world and you see an objective and you're like i'm just gonna go Sometimes do that dumb competent objective. open world game is all you need yeah. so that's why i want to talk yeah. about max so much because um, it just uh, i'm just extra kind of sour on it because like sure. I said, my experience with Max. right so you might actually get a good time yeah. with it uh, Will be, but like I said, the controls at least seem more intuitive in the Saboteurs. Yeah. yeah. But well, it's the environment was kind of like the, the, the they did. They were trying to do an aesthetic thing. Like they did the whole thing in Saboteur where the world was desaturated and once you liberated it, yeah, it got color. Cool. Like there were actual like art direction things they're trying for. Uh, you're that, welcome to borrow Metal Metal Gear when I'm done with that too. Yeah, that's every. So I work with. You're gonna get. I got Tearaway and Mario Maker coming this <laughs> this week. is true. You're gonna so be a busy man. This is gonna be every time you come over. And here's far four more games you want. <laughs> here's borrow. a game I'm done with. <laughs> yeah. Yo, you have it. I have three co-workers, three gentlemen I work with who all love video games and all of them have been like, you play Mad Max? Or no, excuse me, play Metal Gear? Gear? You play Metal Gear? Play Metal Gear? And they're so excited about it and they're all different enough dudes with different enough perspectives that I'm genuinely kind of curious about it. And I know Foley does at the end of the day really love stealth games. She does. And uh, so we'll Come, play it eventually. I might even let you borrow next week because depending on how sucked into Mario Maker I might get, yeah. Mario Maker is my fallout this year. Yeah. That's, that's one I'm... I don't know how much I'll actually even play, but that's the one. If I could borrow, like, if if I could get like advanced copy of any game coming out this fall, that's the one I'm kind of curious to see how it plays. Because yeah. I've always wanted to make a Mario game. I it know, really is just that childish. Really, yeah, um, I can understand that. So Fallout Four is coming out not, not until November, but I'm really I've been thinking about not, it a lot. It's this September. Week. It comes out a month after next. I know. So uh, I finally coming. requested time off. Yeah. So I'm gonna have off. I'm still gonna work that Tuesday because there's Isn't big it deadline. Like the week before Thanksgiving. I've it's got, a couple of weeks. I've got before a calendar. Thanksgiving is Foley's birthday, so it's a couple of weeks before Thanksgiving. Um. Because um, Thanksgiving is the 26th. November and it comes 10th. Out on the 10th. Yeah. yeah. Two weeks. Can so, you take two weeks off? No. Then you got Thanksgiving right there. No, two weeks. Fuck you. No, it's Foley's birthday. Oh, and, Star Wars Battlefront. And no, <laughs> now Bill's just going up. That oh. Bill, you look at your list while I tell my story. So I took off. <laughs> I took off Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday to play fallout i told foley i'm like i'm gonna become one with the sofa but now i've become obsessed with getting a recliner for fallout 4 that's not a bad idea just because i love hey, you guys are gonna get a recliner someday anyway well, might as well do it when you're young here's the reality of recliners they are you can either get a comfortable recliner or you can get an attractive <laughs> recliner and you cannot have both how many people you got coming over to your house i was looking we are you know what our house is kind of a trash heap <laughs> but it's a we do think about the things we I, know, home, I know and foley is so fundamentally a gas at the idea of this trashy, shitty-looking thing. Yeah, in our home. They're be. ugly as shit, Bill. They're really ugly. They all and there's a thing when you start looking at because last night finally yeah, I was like, fuck it, your I'm gonna look at lazy boy got for you or something. So yeah. I was looking at the lazy boy website and all their leather sofas. A lot of leather sofas come in like a pale leather tan leather lazy leather boy? recliner. There are a lot of leather lazy boys. Why fresh? Leather's easier to clean if you pee on it. <laughs> <laughs> There, so, Foley and I yesterday went clothes shopping to take advantage of some Labor Day sales because they needed some more work clothes. And yeah. 
I had to be in some changing rooms. There were a couple of times that I was like, had there was one terrifying changing room that had three mirrors. And I was like, these are things I didn't need to see. And so you some can of see these your own butt. Lazy boy recliners with these weird, like fleshy, lumpy, seamy sort of things. I was like, oh, this is like when I saw the mirror. <laughs> they just all look so bad. And they're still like $700. I'm kind of tempted to go on Craigslist and buy like a $100 lazy boy just for those four days and then just throw it on the curb. You know, in Portland, you could probably find... Actually, you guys... I was looking at Craigslist last night. There are some weird recliners. I found... There are some recliners that are have Amazon Prime, and I wasn't even looking at those. But fully, I think Foley's heart would break if I brought a shitty recliner into our house. I just think it would kill her. But I gotta would get a recliner for Fallout 4. She, she, my girl does have an aesthetic to her, and I do too. And it is just too much. The Jasper Recliner Rocker too Recliner. It's, uh, this is an actual, it's $629. It's kind of beige, but not too bad. The Jasper Recliner Rocker Recliner. <laughs> That's the full, there's actually, I see, no, my, Bill, they're awful. My parents always had recliners. Well, so did and my so parents. I'm used to just having, yeah. yeah, like, I'm like, part of me is like, my this. dad has one of those shitty recliners. It's like his throne. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's always like, they're just Would you get so his and ugly. hers? Oh, Foley doesn't. Well, here's the thing. This is what I would predict happening. I'm finally going to get a recliner. Maybe I'll get an That's what I'm saying, one. yeah. And then Foley's going to sit in it. She's like, oh. And that's also fun. <laughs> so Foley enjoying her John, Foley's destiny is to hang out in a recliner. See, yeah. With the beard She'll enjoy it. So she works hard enough. She deserves a recliner. She does. Even if it's ugly. So anyway, one day I will Aww. find a nice recliner and it will cost $5,000 and then I'll give up on my search altogether. Bill, tell me about Oculus Samsung Gear VR. When you're making those life choices where you can feel yourself turning into one of the fat babies from Wally, <laughs> I can totally appreciate that. Like, I need a recliner to play Fallout. I don't want to walk. I don't want to. I, I, I don't want to see even stitched. I don't want. I, I, what kind of beast sits straight up while playing Fallout? <laughs> yeah. Lazy Boy does have a love seat recliner that's two recliners side by side with a shared armrest with cup holders. <laughs> <laughs> and it showed up for Christmas earlier. She just gave a look to me like death. <laughs> a look like death. You need to get fully mentally programmed. Tell me about this Oculus VR stuff. Okay, so uh, Daniel came over to record, uh, again, new episodes of Tardy the Party Podcast. Right. Dot com. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, technically, it's tardypodcast.com. Uh, yeah, we came over and recorded episodes that won't be uh, live uh, yet for a while, but he, uh, he did bring along, he had. Uh, for is it like the Samsung Galaxy Note 4X or something like okay. that? Mm-hmm. Oculus put out software so you can essentially take the phone and like there's a little bit of hardware, you, what, like it's a little bit of like a cheap uh, mm-hmm. headset that you mm-hmm. like slide your phone into, right? And it actually gives you like a super ghetto home VR experience. It's mm-hmm. stereoscopic, sto- stereoscopic, so it's 3D and everything. Mm-hmm. It was actually pretty cool. Yeah. The one drawback is that you're looking at a phone that is literally yeah. being held half an inch from your face. Yeah. So it's super, not, well, I guess it's pixelated, but it's that screen door effect from you're looking at something if yeah. it's not high definition of yeah. it. You're looking at giant pixels. But like, the first thing he started off with me was a demo of like watching a bunch of 3D trailers in a virtual movie theater mm-hmm. where like the light off the screen was like reflecting with the movie theater. Like yeah. it's a full 360 thing too. Yeah. It's not just like a flat plane, but like yeah. you can look up down and uh-huh. see like, like it was really cool. You know, like I put some headphones in and so you yeah. can do all the yeah. three dimensional sound too. Like the whole experience. Did that. There was a space thing where yeah. you could fly around all the plants. It kind of made me sick a little bit. Yeah. It was yeah. Like auto flying space thing that would not stop going. Yep. <laughs> yep. And this is on Aww. a fucking phone. Yeah. So Let's, you think when it comes around, you think you're going to get an Oculus? 
especially knowing that the Oculus is supposed to be actually like it's supposed to be high res enough. It's not going to yeah. be on that screen. It's it's yeah. going to be a better screen than just looking sure. at your phone being pressed. It's to your actual eyeballs. technology design for this. It's the first just... time where I was like, well, if this is good on just a random phone, maybe Oculus. That was of how course, much it costs. Bill, that was of course a trick question because reality, you're going to buy whatever Valve comes out with because that will have Half Life Three on it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was actually kind of surprised how good it was. It was yeah. it was an interesting thing. The whole thing. Yeah. And also, Daniel also brought because he Daniel's a sweetheart. He randomly found. At a, I think it was a Toys R Us. He found the, was it the Lego House Seasonal? Yeah, what is seasonal, this called? I think it's just called like Seasonal House. The Seasonal House, where it's, it's a three in one creator kit. It's like one of the smaller sets. It's only like fifty bucks, quote unquote. <laughs> oh, I hope he found it for sale. But he just found this at Toys R Us, where like you can. T- it's a house set that you get to, like build up as like an autumn house or yeah. like a winter house with mm-hmm. like snow on the roof mm-hmm. or a summer house. Yeah, really no spring. Yeah. It's three houses. It's hard to define, I guess, from summer. But like you have to, it's not just like the same house that you just put different decorations in there. You have to rebuild the whole thing for every season if yeah. you want. But it's a really cool idea. Yeah. And so I built it up the last I forgot what I was gonna do. I was gonna play Metal Gear last night. That's yeah. I would have gotten farther than just like the first <laughs> yeah, mission. Yeah. But instead, yeah, no, I spent last night uh working on yeah, I built it. there's a little like a uh, fall tree in the uh, really a, nice. a tunnel tree. And there's like Halloween decorations. There's like a little like pumpkin with like witches. Yeah. Hats and the bat and the tree. It's and, a really cute set. And like, there's all these like little pegs. Oh, the best part is because I love Lego sets that have light up parts. Yeah. There's a. Uh, it's supposed to be a Lego pile representing a bunch of dead leaves that this mm-hmm. person is, is sweeping up, and um, you you click the light and the pile of leaves light, lights up because I guess it's supposed to be it's burning. It's like a fire. Yeah. It's a fire. It's, cute. it's a fire in the front yard. This whole it's house really is going cute. down. And it's nice because there's a hinge to it, so you can see inside the house. Yeah. So I guess uh, Grumpy Turtle you usually listens to the podcast, but I guess you missed the one episode where you got this. And yeah. You I got me fully. with yeah. like I was like did you listen to the podcast where Annie was tempting me to buy this thing and he was like no I just thought you, you would probably dig this thing and he was yeah. totally right and so I built the shit out of it last night it's really cute and because it's designed to be uh, built into different um, houses I do have a big uh, ziploc bag over there of extra parts speaking of extra things uh, Bill if you there. want it to uh, fall off uh, fall off the back of truck and into Benton then uh... and open this well, I talk about stuff. What do you? What did you do for Force Friday? <laughs> I took a nap. I feel bad. Did you not go to Pendleton's? No, but I do have word on what it was. So I get an- anxious about answering phones. So someone did leave me a message from the Pendleton store, but I haven't listened to my voicemail about it. So um, I guess it was four blankets. It was four blankets for two hundred and fifty dollars. And it's only twelve hundred dollars to buy all four. <laughs> Can you? I, at, fir- at first, I was sitting there going. Who the fuck would spend $1,200 on four Star Wars blankets? Then I remembered I live in Portland. Uh, I, oh, I spent yeah. that much on a Millennium Falcon model, but at least but that's, that's going to be a Millennium Falcon model. Yeah, not fucking Star Wars But blankets. So I guess uh, when I found out what it was, uh, Jesse Graff and Adam Roscoe, who were the heads of the Trek in the Park theater troupe mm-hmm, here in town, mm-hmm. uh, turns out they were hired by Pendleton's to put on like a Star Wars show for everyone. I don't know how many people showed up to Pendleton's because uh, who Jimmy would show up Conley, to this? Friends of the podcast, Jimmy and Conley went because they were downtown for a gallery opening. I th- I love just, this thing that started off as a joke on our podcast last week. It had a pretty good turnout. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, not that they all turned out because we were talking about it on the podcast, no. but the fact that like it actually turned out to be a legitimate thing. Oh, my God. Bill, yeah, so I, Bill had me open his box of Star Wars toys. Uh, that I just that literally just arrived half an hour before you did, Annie, right before the podcast. This box is full. <laughs> yeah. What it's not fuck? a huge box. Okay. Would you like to open any of the uh, action figures? Bill has... Here we go. First Order Flame Trooper. (laughs) 
<laughs> so Bill, how much did these the little three and a half inch figures? Eight cost? bucks. Eight bucks. You, I, you, I was it? I estimated ten bucks. You yeah. said eight. You were right. Um, so. So that's you got. Oh, we got Finn. It's John Boyega. Yeah, I got a black dude, lead he's, of a Star he's, he's Wars movie. He's kind of got um, DreamWorks eyeball, uh, eyebrows. Oh man, sorry. This is terrible bit. podcast listening stuff. But so yeah, like, we're just looking at these action parts figures. Parts that you can combine together. I'm to going make to a open thing. the shit out of these because like there's no point in, like keeping these for posterity because like so many people bought these action figures. Yeah. That like there's no collector's value to any of this stuff. Even if you keep it like also, mint and card. Who the fuck wants to live their life with? Like fucking for collectors. But I mode. love all these action figures. So yeah, I bought Captain Phasma. Oh, I got some pa- Captain Phasma, but they all come with like stupid like little jetpacks and shit. Captain Phasma comes with a giant green pizza cutter. Man, these. Oh man, they're kind of nice. Because I didn't buy any Luke Star Wars action Skywalker. figures for the Phantom Menace. Uh-huh. This is like the first time I've like. Yeah. Like since like the original Aww. movies, I've like I've like bought new act Star Wars action figures. Chewbacca oh. has armor that makes him look like a Cthulhu cosplayer. Oh, see this thing. So, okay, spoilery? so uh no, but what happens? So okay, most of these figures, the basic retail price is eight bucks. Uh-huh. So what happens? They'll like add like an extra piece of plastic or two and knock up the price to like yeah. twelve dollars. That's what up. happened to Chewbacca. So like these slightly bigger packages. Boy, it's weird That's to see one. the Disney logo on a Star It's Wars fucking toy. weird. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. The first time I've seen ah, it. Open up any of these figures. Got, like, oh, oh, first time to put them all out. So you got you got your little Oscar Isaacs dude. Got a little good old fashioned stormtrooper. Stormtroopers. How much action figures like Christ, Bill. <laughs> uh, you got I like toys. Kylo Ren Everyone, kids come running. Kids come running for for the taste of uh, a dude whose face you can't see. And last but not least, Boba Fett. Did you not get the girl, Daisy? Wait, there's a girl? So there's a story. <laughs> uh, actually, no. So I like the... Uh, you don't want no girl action figure? I, this has been a sneak campaign. I hate women. I knew it. I knew it. When I, it came down to like, do I want to spend eight dollars to pretend I want this woman as the lead character of my new Star Wars? No. Uh, what happened was, um, you could. She comes. With, there's one that you know is an individual Rafe thing. Yeah. But yeah. there's also one that she comes with her vehicle, her little speed, oh, her little fudge sickle. Yeah, her fudge sickle. <laughs> so I got the fudge sickle one, but that doesn't arrive until like Tuesday. Oh. And that's all the stuff I bought except. Uh-oh. Then I started getting thinking about, like, I want I want to look at... Th- Once I saw Ray and her speeder, I was like, what other vehicles do they have? <laughs> oh, no, Bill! It didn't, I didn't get as bad as it could have. Yeah. But I saw a fucking Oscar Isaac, the pilot yeah. guy. Yeah! He got a new X-Wing fighter. Yeah, yeah. The new X-Wing. Yep. And at first I was like, oh, that looks kind of cool, but what the fuck am I going to do with the new X-Wing? Especially because <laughs> I got... What the fuck am I going to do with any I'm going to fuck them! <laughs> Get a bunch of mayonnaise, but that I just realized because I bought like two new glass cases to display Lego on. Yeah, that I have the uh, Lego X. Not it's no, no, it's not even a Lego X Wing. It's just a normal X Wing tire, yeah. uh, X Wing uh, vehicle toy. Yeah. That again, Daniel, who also bought me the goddamn Lego thing. Yeah. He got me for my birthday like two years ago. Yeah. And I was like, technically, there's space on top of the second cabinet that if I got the new Lego, <laughs> if I got the new X Wing, it'd yeah, be kind of a mirror true. thing. So I was like, it's true. Billy, just hang it from Place the ceiling. Order. Yeah. I can do that, too. So, Annie, this is $150 worth of... <sighs> it was either yeah, this or night, Jitsu. So, yesterday, I went to... Uh, we went uh, we did a lot of shopping, and we stopped by Fred Meyers, which is a grocery store chain here in Portland, or in Oregon, that also sells it, toys and clothing and stuff. Went there, and they had all the new 
they, I, I saw these there, at least some of them. Oh, they actually there. had some of them still on the shelves. Oh, yeah. I, did you oh, see yeah. people online complaining about how there was one guy? Because you don't go to Toys R Us. You go to fucking Fred Meyers. It's like the same thing like when, uh, for the Harry Potter book release, mm-hmm. my dad just walked into Costco and picked up yeah, one. Yeah, because everyone's going to where you think. It to yeah, exactly. Because yeah. you go to not the obvious place. But uh, I did, they did have all the new Force uh, Force Awakens Lego. What? And they came that close to getting you the, the Millennium Falcon Lego. That close. Really? Yeah. That's like $150, set, it. isn't it? Yeah, but I was like... <sighs> That's yeah. okay. I'm not a big fan of how the Millennium Falcon logo looks. See, I remember. I remember you had it's an not opinion. Bad. I remember you had an opinion. I was kind of tempted when, like, you could buy like a fifty dollar one yeah. at the Bricks and Minifigures yeah. because they had a pre-assembled one. I was like, yeah. well, maybe if I buy, I was going to spend money on it. It sounds stupid to buy a pre-assembled Lego, but like that's fifty dollars better than one hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. Someday they will perfect the Lego Millennium Falcon, <laughs> and then I will be. I'm not even really tempted. Is the terrible thing. I would have been appreciated if you grabbed it, but like, yeah, I'm so. I'm so. I'm about glad. The Falcon. No, see, good. This is good. This is why I'm glad I didn't buy you this toy that you could go mad to. <laughs> uh, did you? So did they have? So they didn't have any of the series. I swear to God, Bill, I did not look at them. <laughs> I did not actually look at the stand of Star Wars. Toys. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the the, the minifigures, the 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 series fourteen. Oh, the oh ones. yes. No, I went. I went looking for because I wanted the real thing. I the reason why I what this is my logic. Yeah, because I, I wanted yeah. to go get because the new minifigures are out that are the Halloween themed ones, and I wanted to get a couple of blind bags for me and a couple of blind bags for you. We could open them on the podcast. But and then if I have anything you need, then you're like, okay, I get no. those. Yeah, because actually, there's not a lot of Benton applicable stuff yeah. on this. Though it is cute. One thing that I was really excited about was the werewolf because I thought, oh, the werewolf maybe will have a good torso exactly, or something. Yeah. And I looked at it. It was like, oh, they just recycled the lumberjack torso because there was a lumberjack. Well, you could still use more of that. But then right? I looked at it. Well, no, because it's very, it's too much. It's it's there's printing on the arms. It's a little too elaborate. Mm-hmm. It's a little too much. But I looked at it and I was like, no, it's not. And I realized that there's kind of a little story because it's the same shirt, but it's all torn up and ripped. Yeah. So it's only the lumberjack got turned into a werewolf. That which is I thought was cool. really cute. Aw. Really cute. But, but anyway. Don't they like snakehead a guy and a plant guy? There's a, you got a, you got a, a, a Frankenstein. Yeah. You got a Frankenstein. You got a Dracula. You got a gargoyle. I actually really want the gargoyle. Um, the werewolf, yeah, I think. But yeah, I wanted I wanted to read to you. So because they didn't Aww. have the series fourteen minifigures, I thought maybe I'll buy Bill one hundred fifty dollars. <laughs> <money." laughs> okay, that was how my like, brain worked. Man, yeah, we're both insane. I went there to get Bill a present. I was so mad. So one more thing, and then we're gonna wrap it up here and go on to the Geek Week and review. But the only other video game I actually played this week was after PAX. Uh, PAX last week they had a panel for uh, the Dragon Age game and they announced the Trespasser DLC the yeah, next that DLC that's come out, out. Oh, that it come comes out? out Tuesday this coming okay. Tuesday so meanwhile they patched the game to have all the new outfits and everything and the golden nug and these other things that they announced mm-hmm. so I booted it up and I looked at Geraldo my herald and I missed him so much that I was like I want to play more Dragon Age was he Age. the first one you beat the character with because I know your first no. character was the Kunari this is what's killing me because someone asked me how much, how much time I've spent playing Dragon Age so we beat the game with the Sala Adar, my Kunari. <laughs> and then we we decided... What does that we, name mean? Is Zala, that it is Kunari for dust. You actually looked that up. Oh, I thought about this, motherfucker. Aww. Well, because Kunari tend to have names that are that are nouns, that are like, and then their names are usually, like, they don't they don't really have names because their names are their job. So oh, my okay. whole thing was that she is so cast off like, from the Kunari. Practical, yeah. She was cast off from the Kunari, and uh, so I was like, oh, well, then she's like dust. Like, she's nothing to the Kunari, to the Kun. Oh, so, I get it. No, see, I thought yeah. about this a lot. So, anyway, um, 
I and I was looking at Geraldo. I spent I have 150 hours on my Geraldo game, on top of probably at least 70 on goddamn Azala. And then Foley has a character that she's probably spent 20 on. And I'm like, oh my god, we're starting to reach Fallout Three levels mm-hmm. of Dragon mm-hmm. Age Inquisition. But I couldn't help it. I was so I was like, no, I'm really itching for some Dragon Age. Yeah. So I downloaded the fucking Deep Roads DLC. I'm an idiot. Even knowing that this DLC was just a dungeon crawl, and then having them talk at the it's same Deep Roads. Channel. which really doesn't even well, sound it's that not it's, it's called the descent the oh, okay. the, de- the place is called the deep roads mm. uh the uh even at this panel they said oh yeah this team this dlc was made by our our, our mmo team, team down in uh austin because they're really good at dungeons and that's a warning sign right there because again because you're not, not what i like yeah. these games for sure enough if you want to see the world's most weirdly conventionally fuckable lady dwarf may i recommend you play the descent there is a lady there who's a shaper i can't remember her name now but uh she shaper being a shapeshifter no a shaper in bill in the dragon age canon a shaper is a historian they shape the rocks and carries their history through the ages (laughs) cock garble cock garble so the uh this lady shaper she looks like a barbie doll head but then she's she's wearing the armor that's practical for the deep roads so she's got like this lipstick red lipstick and red blush she really is the mmo team like she really looks and then she's got the worst voice in the world do you remember what the character's name is Shaper Veda Vedalia. It starts with a V. Uh, yeah. And then the dude, the other character you meet is Ren, who's a who's a uh this dude, and he's uh, also in the Legion, and uh, his voice sounds like a low rent Gerald from The Witcher, oh, <laughs> to the no. point where I thought it was maybe the same dude. Yeah. These are the least compelling characters possible and you're going through this dungeon with only them to talk to your party members aren't super chatty and on top of that bill to get from segment to segment you have to take an elevator what there's you have to go through like a 10 are you like in a mine to 15 second yeah it's like you're because the deep roads uh. i keep forgetting you've only played a little bit of dragon age so in the canon of dragon age there the whole world is connected by these tunnels that are underneath the entire continent called the Deep Roads that you could technically travel from one to another. Yeah. And these were used as trade routes and everything. They're run by the dwarves. Let's But uh, this got overrun by demons. Bioware. Yeah, no. to get away from the fucking elevators, right? That was a decade they ago. They spent years getting away from elevators. What? But nope. The, oh. the, the first time you go on it, your car- your uh, oh. your party makes a snide joke about it. Oh, but that does not... Ex- no, it doesn't... No. Yeah, and it's, that's, it's one of the, that's it, not your coupon. So here's the thing: never, I I believe the video games are like any piece of creative media can be art, and that they are art, but they are also a product. And never before has it felt more like has Dragon Age came felt more like a product. Or again, this game tastes like a it's like can of canned beans. It's like this team like, went. They, they clearly went to this team, and they were like, "Hey guys, you have like six months to develop this DLC." <laughs> Uh, good luck with that, buddies. No, we're not going to help you optimize those loading times. Annie, I love that story so much. I'm just going to open up an action figure while we're talking about it. <laughs> so oh. anyway, I'm so thirsty for Dragon Age. I made a bad so decision. You gonna beat th- did you beat that or are you going to beat it? I'm g- probably going to beat it because I'm an idiot. I don't know. Now that you've loaned me Mad Max, maybe I'll do something else. Yeah, no, well, 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 that's... that's now I have to because I'm my- curious to see what game can possibly break the hold that Dragon Age has on, <laughs> has on you before Fallout 4 comes out. Or if yeah. it really is going to be for the next like two and a half months, not even yeah. Yep. Out, like two months it's gonna be hey annie you want to borrow this and you're like oh, i'm sorry i just went back to dragon age okay here try this here's tear away and uh, i'm back to dragon i'm just like 
It's going to be like a lending library here exactly, for a while. Exactly, exactly. So, as Bill starts to open his Star Wars action it's- figures... We're going to take a little break. <laughs> oh, it's new Star Wars action. It's Aww. a black guy. He's so cool. Oh, John Boyega. I like his, I love- ki- his little kicks, his sneaks. I didn't occur to me his until now. Sneaks. They've put tennis shoes into Star Wars. <laughs> of course, the black guy is the one guy not wearing boots, but fucking sneakers in Star Wars. <laughs> his loafers. His loafers. Yeah. Oh, I already lost. Oh, his no, they actually are kind of tennis shoes. They are now. They're totally sneakers. Yeah. So cute. Anyway, uh, yeah. This is. Uh, friends, we're gonna take a break. We'll be back. Geek Week review. Bye. <laughs> now I have a story that I'd like to tell about this guy. You all know me as me scared as hell. He comes to me at night after I call into bed. He's burnt up like a weenie, and his name is Fred. He wears the same hat and sweater every single day, and even if it's hot outside, he wears it anyway. He's gone when I'm awake, but he shows up when I'm asleep. I can't believe. You don't feel tough. You're tough. You're tougher than you think it is. Yeah, I'm so tough. Um, what did you think of the Ruby Jewel ice cream? I didn't have. I, I guess I don't know if we're, you didn't have. Bully ate it. I don't like strawberry ice cream. We didn't take the chocolate. I have had Ruby Jewel ice cream before. I it liked it. Like fuck. It's <laughs> it's really good. You like, do you like strawberries? I do. As a kid, I was not the biggest fan of strawberry ice cream, but yeah. then like something recently where I was like, man, the taste of strawberry everywhere is good. Strawberry and apparently is good. a good thing. But yeah, good. She's just a show she's like, she loved it. Okay, she yeah. she ate it all right up. Yeah, I have a mint chocolate chip ice cream sandwich I can give you. I like mint chocolate chip ice cream. I mean, take that up on that. Though, actually, right after this, we have to go to the chocolate shop. So Eat it in front of the chocolate shop. You're like, that's how you get... Well, no, it's a vegan chocolate, chocolate shop, too. Well, that's even better than like, this dairy ice cream. <laughs> Just and make you hope it's a guy working there, and you're just like, oh, oh. <laughs> and like because it's a big fat chocolate ice cream sandwich, and like you just hold it on that side, all sexually. What? <laughs> you kind of like hold it up like it's a vulva, and you look at Foley and kind of look at the Foley and go and like at the guy and go, oh, Bill, what you're, you're, doing you're painting such uh, a terrible uh, here. Uh, <laughs> fuck you and your goddamn. Why are you going to a vegan chocolate shop? Because uh, it was friend my my dear pal Kate Craig's birthday a while ago, oh, and I've been working nanny? on. I, <laughs> <laughs> you're the one who's always lacerating yourself you're like damn my dad's birthday was two weeks this ago this weekend this weekend i'm sending her off and the th- the reason why i've been I've i'm been not allowed to make fun off. you just talked about you're gonna buy me a 200 dollar bloody well, fuck the reason, why, the reason why i've been holding off sending her anything is that i'm obsessed with finding the crown jewel dylan and katie's birthdays are this weekend i've been yeah. doing the same thing where it might come to like, and i think it did the same thing last year i was like i'm not gonna give you anything until i find the perfect gift and i just never of got of course it never happens so yeah. that's why this weekend i'm like fuck it i'm gonna send all the knickknacks yeah. i've assembled but i really want to go get these fancy vegan chocolates katie's vegan uh, Kate Craig is a vegan. Correct. Emily's not. Oh, I hung up my signed uh, Bim Bam Fold really poster. Nice. What, where'd you get the frame? Uh, it's 15 bucks from, guess where? Amazon. 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 Amazon, the, the fucking digital teat that I cannot stop sucking. <laughs> Amazon is so great, but so horrible. It really is like falling in love with a witch. <laughs> it is like... You know what I mean? turn into a toad any minute now, but... Yeah! still loves the witch i love you <laughs> i'm really excited because rob delaney and sharon uh what's her name sharon hagron hey 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 girl 
can't remember. Anyway, they're, uh, the folks who did Catastrophe have been tweeting and posting on Instagram about the second season of Catastrophe. I'm really excited about it. You oh, Catastrophe! It yeah, you that's need not, to... That's not about the Canadians with the bomb. Sex bomb. <laughs> Wait, what was that? What? What's Catastrophe? <laughs> catastrophe is the Amazon Prime show with Rob Delaney and, where he plays a... Um, uh, ad man who flies to London for work. Oh, that thing! And yeah, sleeps with a lady, and she gets pregnant, and so he flies. And they're so are they filming right now. Yeah. Did you see that Scully posted a photo to Twitter? She was like, "We're done filming. Here's everyone's picture." She took her cast and crew photo. Aww. This is not the most interesting news, but they finished filming New X Files. Is my Aww. story. I guess this is the episode now. We're back. From no, the TV, no. What? This is bad. We're talking about anything too saucy. This is a, we're talking no. about Kate Craig's chocolate a, preferences. I'm not saying that this is bad. I'm just saying it's too meandering. We should take a hard. <laughs> this snap. is not point of the plot. God. So someone I actually respect was like, I was tweeting at them, and I was like, Hey, I'm a rando, but I appreciate what you do. And then they tweeted back like, You're no rando. As soon as I'm done with my deadline, I'm gonna listen to your podcast. I was like, Please oh, don't. No. <laughs> Please don't listen oh, to my no. terrible podcast. <laughs> 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 so is this a robot? That it, is a robot. It I've looks been... like it has gun holsters, but are those actually like supposed yeah, to be so SMGs? Yeah, so I open up the Finn action figure from The Force Awakens, and he comes with a lot. I thought it was a jetpack, but it is like a little treaded robot with like with SMGs guns on for arms. Yeah. What has J.J. Abrams done to? St- I've only opened up one <laughs> figure, and I'm already like, what is this? J.J. <laughs> personally was like, I will only do Star Wars if we Don't... have yeah. a jetpack <laughs> action figure that comes with a robot if his arms were guns. <laughs> they didn't have wheels on them, just guns. <laughs> oh, I, got, I didn't realize how. Oh, I got Darth Vader. Oh, I got Luke Skywalker. Bill, how are you discovering? There's so many figures I ordered. For, I got pretty much all the figures except for like two random aliens who look stupid. <laughs> and I was like, fuck that. I'm getting all the like. Oh, I got Boba Fett, which is fine. I'm not the world's biggest Boba Fett fan, but I was just kind of curious to see what Boba Fett looked like in yeah. action figure form these days. But like, yeah. man, it must be. Imagine being the poor son of a bitch who has to sculpt Chewbacca action figures. I know. All that fur. At a certain point, you're like, I'd well, rather dude, just take my own turd and kind of rough it into I don't know, dude. When shit. you have to try and do like accurate likenesses of like half That's an inch. That's a good point. Yeah. I'm sure. Like, you know what sounds good? Just a big hairy motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah, look at his little face. He's gonna do a puppet mouth. I love this. All these action figures who I have no idea what they do in the movie. I've not yet seen. Kylo Ren. I guess he's the bad guy. He's the dude with the lightsaber. He's the dude on all the packaging. He's the mm. one. He's the Willy Wonka. <laughs> he's the one. Turns out he just <laughs> he, he walks up and he puts his lightsaber in the ground. <laughs> He's just a really aggressive toy manufacturer. He's just like going around all the distribution centers in the galaxy, just saying like, "You you got all my Force Awakens toys, oh. toys on Stella's shelves this week." Um, thank God I did not get one of those remote controlled BB-8s that everyone was freaking out about. Dude. That's one hundred and fifty dollars. That's half a Pendleton blank. <laughs> Star Wars. Is, this is it. This actually kind of makes us feel real all of a sudden. I know, dude. Star Wars. Yeah, if you say anything, crack, crack shit open if you want. Okay, so what are we talking about? What's going no. on? No. God help us. Hey, everybody. Believe it or not, this is the part of our <laughs> podcast where we note uh, the Geek Week in Review. We observed the week that was. Once again, this is the part of the podcast where Bill has taken notes on the week that was, and I'm reading them often for the first time. Uh, Bill is notes. it Sunday? It is Sunday. It's a three-day weekend, so it doesn't it is feel a like weekend. Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Hey everybody, did you know that uh, this is the best part of the Boy Howdy podcast <laughs> where Bill lists people who have died. It happens every and week. Then and I've noticed about this them. summer it has been R.I.P. this guy, R.I.P. that guy. Yeah. Shit is is it fucked up. People peep age 
What is this? Andy's brain shuts down. Nightmare on Elm Street creator Wes Craven be die. He's CPs forever. These are, excuse me, forever. These are Bill's exact notes. Uh, I am writing the obituary part of the Oscars this week. I have to find a way to be insulting to every dead person. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, what, what's your personal experience with Wes Craven, Andy? I have not seen a single Wes Craven movie. I can't imagine why. <laughs> made a lot of bad movies. I hate... I, I don't enjoy horror movies, so I've only ever seen... I've seriously only seen maybe four or five horror movies in my entire life. Yeah. Like, I can name them. I've seen The Shining. Did you like I've any seen... of them? Or at least kind of, like, not be, like, totally grossed out? Or, well, like... the thing is, is that I don't tend... I don't like jump scares. Yeah. And I don't like... Like, I can deal... I've learned to deal with gore, but I used to really not be able to f- enjoy it. And I, I don't know, they're, like, just the basic archetypes of horror games or, or horror movies aren't anything that I enjoy. Which is why I'm intrigued by Until Dawn, but I will never play it. Oh, that game. Because that game, people jizzing all over that game. Well, I like the idea of it. The idea of a narrative game where you start with eight characters, where depending on your choices, all eight characters can be dead or all of them can live. Yeah. Like, just from a writing and mechanics exer- like perspective, that's a fascinating thing. Yeah, it is, yeah. But it, it sounds like the sort of game that's more fun to play with a group of people when alcohol is involved. <laughs> and my coworker, one of my adorable coworkers who loves video games, was like, yeah, it's a lot of jump scares. I hope you like jump scares. Like, I'll, no. It'll be 20 bucks on Thanksgiving. Sure. Like Black Friday, so I'll right. pick it up then. Yeah. Uh, did you, so you never even saw Wes Craven's first movie? Uh, one of his scariest? It's called uh, Spiders and Annie's Pantry. <laughs> Fuck you. It's, 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 it's a five minute short. It's actually just a yeah, puppet I'm spider. Trying to think. So I've seen The Shining, The Orphanage, uh, yeah. that fucking, uh, the Man, Joss the Whedon horror movie. Uh, oh. like, I've seen a couple of shitty vampire movies, but oh. I've literally seen maybe ten horror movies in my whole life. That's fine. It's just not a genre that speaks to me. I, the only reason I know as many horror movies as I, because horror movies were such a big thing when I was a kid in the 80s. Yeah. Like, slasher movies, especially sure. if you wanted to, like, sleep overs and stuff. Yeah. It was always Freddy Krueger, it was always Jason Voorhees. Yeah. Especially the slasher flicks, which are all terrible. Yeah. They're fun to watch if you have that nostalgia for them. Sure. But, like, there's no, like, nutritional good. value to go back. That's <laughs> yeah. why, like, even if you did like horror movies, sure. or, like, you were at least could tolerate them, I'd yeah. be like, I wouldn't even be like, you gotta go watch this, because they're all fucking... Well, it's always... Like, the thing about genre, anything, is that you usually, like, you buy into the genre, and then it's always interesting to see how a a piece either, like, engages with those tropes or, you know, plays against it or anything like that, and I just don't have any association with it, which is why I struggled watching Shaun of the Dead, because I'd not seen a single zombie movie. Yeah, and half that movie is references to other zombie movies. I had seen yeah. the first 20 minutes of 20, uh, 28 Days Later, or whatever the fuck it is, and how that's about it. How far did you get? About the first Because there's minutes. one scene where, like, someone has to kill... Like, man, that movie gets fucked up real quick. That's why I only watched, like, the first... But, yeah, minutes. so Wes Craven, he, uh, he's most famous for... I forgot that he made Scream. But he, oh, yeah. he he invented Nightmare on Elm Street. He wrote and directed that first movie. Didn't have not, did not have much to do with the other ones. I guess he wrote the first uh, draft of the screenplay. I don't know why Finn and that guy have the exact same jacket. Yeah, they do. Uh, yeah. And he's playing with Oscar Isaac. Mm-hmm. Um, oh man, I finished Show Me a Hero this week, which uh, that's the HBO show that he's the star, Oscar Isaac. Yeah. Uh, that was actually pretty good, but we're not talking about that right now. Um, what the hell are we talking? You're talking about, about Wes Craven. Oh, Wes Craven. Yeah. So he uh, the, the not even the secret best but the best nightmare on elm street movie is nightmare on elm street 3 the dream warriors really he is the it's so good so it's about a bunch of kids in like this psychiatric ward who decide to fight 
uh, Freddy head on, uh-huh. and they use like their mental like the shit that's fucked up in their lives as their secret powers to fight Freddy because Freddy's gonna prey on them. Like, there's oh, really? a little kid who wants to be a wizard in a Dungeons and Dragons game. So when Freddy uh-huh. comes for him in his nightmares, he turns himself into a wizard and fights Freddy. Yeah, there's a drug addict lady who's like she's so super badass, but Freddy does kill her by injecting a dr- bunch of drugs into her. Super, super sad. And it's kind of sad because when those kids die, because they're so yeah. badass, when they do die, yeah. it's actually they're actual characters. Yeah, they're not just like rando yeah, yeah they're just not like slams for the slaughter but you actually kind of like the characters yeah and the heroine who survived the first movie she comes back mm-hmm. to help the kids because even though this movie was only made two years later now it's like she's 10 years older she has like, a yeah. streak of gray <laughs> hair yeah. she's like i'm so much older now yeah. that i am 19 when i first when i was 17 to be fair bill when you're the age of the demographic <laughs> that does seem i know like that does seem like so many months ago oh <laughs> uh, but yeah no that is definitely uh the best movie yeah so i guess um it, man those movies turned into dog shit though those those movies are terrible but yeah he did a whole bunch of other movies it seemed like his career was winding down i don't know how he died yeah i i, I saw this headline i was sad i, I just know he was sad and then i he must have died of olds because well that, that's one one interesting thing of uh, reading up about west craven craven after he died i don't think he made nightmare on elm street until he was like 45 oh, really? too he was like I think he probably died of olds because if he was 45 yeah. when he made Nightmare on Elm Street, like literally 30 years ago, yeah, he must have been like 50 now yeah. when he died. Wait. <laughs> Math. Shit. Math. Anyway, son, tax. Yeah. That's why I, I'm, I'm going to jail because of taxes because I fucked them up. <laughs> uh, Uncharted yes. 4 yeah. has a release date, March 18th, 2016. Anything else going to get delayed? I don't know. I feel like they've deleted a couple of times, and this March is so specific. I don't know. I feel like they're. They got I for some reason I have the feeling that that's going to get delayed. So it's like like comes out like in June right before E three next year. So that's like somebody coming out and saying, "Oh look," because the uh, game companies love to have a brand new game that just came out right before E three. So you can say, "Oh look at the success of this game that just came out." Mm-hmm. I kind of wonder if it may not. I don't know why I think. Yeah, that. that's kind of a weird. It's a very arbitrary, but I can feel our our having this conversation next year. We're like, oh yeah, remember? Did didn't Bill uh, like predict a year ago that uh, Fallout Four or uh, Uncharted Four get delayed until like late uh, early summer? The only reason why I disagree is that they've pushed this out a couple times before, but they've never had a date. They yeah, I said, know. Like really coming out in March, coming out in June. Was it ever actually specifically ever dated for this fall? It was not ever dated at all. This they is were like they never even said Q4 it was co- or whatever. Yeah. This is a date, so you know I don't know. Also, the way Naughty Dog seems to function as a company, they seem to like eventually put a stake in the stand, like a stake in the ground, and then they have to all march towards that date. You yeah. know, so I'm glad there is a know. date though. Yeah, I'm, I'm fucking Uncharted Four, man. I don't so you know, know what how you're doing? On- Why? I'm so I love the Uncharted game but I can't help but be apprehensive about this one because of all the creative overturn. You think, if anything, this would be... I don't want to say it's better, but, like, Last of Us was so... Like, Uncharted 3 seemed like it was kind of running on fumes a little bit. Sure. Um, but then again, I don't know how much Amy Henning had to do with it. One, well, was she on was... <laughs> we're not going to go down this road again because the one time we were like, what does Amy Henning do about Uncharted? The last time we did that, she somehow listened to it I know. and DM'd us both and I'm in mortal fear. But uh, the thing is that the, the fucking, uh, left bu- or fucking Last of Us had the same creative team from start to finish. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, I well, can't help be apprehensive. I assume they rebooted the whole thing. It's not like... I'm assuming when the Last of Us guys came in, they pretty much like pretty much swept everything away and start over uh, well on the other hand so much of uncharted games are very clearly set piece based that's where it's true. like it's it's really so you can just keep the set pieces just change the yeah. story as to what's leading up to them i don't know like i'm apprehensive 
like I don't know I miss Chloe and I miss Miss Cutter and I miss Elena and like I want her to be like and Drake is so bad for Elena I don't know I feel so many feelings about Uncharted it'll be interesting to see what their take of the character dynamics are especially like uh, kind of like uh, I don't know my perfect Uncharted 4 is like playable Sully playable Elena Annie I invented a new action figure for you it's called Finger Jones Bill is put one of the Oscar, really good joke for radio, Bill. <laughs> Oscar Isaac, he comes with like this little chest plate and a helmet on that happens to fit a finger perfectly fine. <laughs> so I put it on my little finger and then drew a happy face on it. It's like the happiest little rubber fan. Hello, the fans. It's me, Finger Joe. I've come to find Luke's lightsaber. It's me, Space Finger. <laughs> I'm just going to wear this every day as a weird affectation until The Force Awakens comes out. I'm sure it would make masturbation a very different experience. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, anyway, un- also, Uncharted Does 4 is getting... Does anyone masturbate with the same hand? I didn't know this. Like, you mean, like... All the, the time? One hand is your go-to masturbation hand? Yeah. I presume it's your dominant hand. Because I like to fuck the wall, so I don't use hands. <laughs> do, you, do you ever masturbate with your non-dominant hand? I never thought about doing it, actually. <laughs> it's like, it's, like it's your dominant hand. I'm like, coordination would be... I feel like almost being, like, being masturbated by someone else, but then I, I don't know if it would be any different for a girl doing it, though. I don't know, because you think you're still... The what? dexterity of the fingers would be even more important, whereas a guy's hand just making a meat tube, you could do that no matter what, even though it's going to be a little bit weirder. <laughs> uh, hmm. That's interesting. Um, let's see. What you're Uncharted 4 is getting Left Behind Style Single Player Story DLC. I did yeah. not know that. No details, but they just hmm. said... Uh, and they said it was a similar thing where don't expect it at launch or anything like that, but they would like to do something. It'd be interesting if it's like... So they. this is very clearly... I would love them to do something like Dragon Age, where it's like, here is the this story and then here is the epilogue for it. Because they're really re- winding this up as the last Nathan Drake game, or at least yeah. the last Nathan Drake I game I wonder if they're going to push Naughty it out like Troy Baker or something, going to be the new star of... God, I don't think so. When you look at that character design, that is not, like, the dude that we're planning on putting at the front of our franchise. Troy Baker's goddamn Metal Gear Solid 5. I like the guy. It's just, like, he's so... You can't publish a game these days without... He's, he's not, I like, love the guy. I'm not complaining about it. I would say my counterpoint to that is that he is, um, unlike Nolan North, who is often hired to do just his basic Nolan North voice, though he is capable of doing other voices, I know. Troy Baker is normally allowed to do a character in a voice. Yeah. Well, he did Pagan Men, which I just thought was a really great like, little character, and I yeah. didn't really realize that it was again When I looked him up, I'm like, who did that Pagan Men? I'm like, fucking Troy... Of course it's Troy Baker. Of course but it is. It's a good voice yeah. actor in a game. He's... Well, a good... Yeah, a good voice actor is worth their salt. Anyway, I... The Animaniacs guys do more video game voices. <laughs> Some of them do. Yeah. Trust McNeil. Oh, you would recognize that. That would take me right out of Trust the game if I heard Trust. Yeah. Man, it's funny to see those guys, like, because it's Trust McNeil. Like, the, half those guys wound up, like, in Futurama and stuff. Yeah. 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 I mean, because they were all, because Trust McNeil and, like, a lot of those people did Simpsons voices, too. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a anyway, good point. Anyway, um, yeah. yeah, not a lot of video game voice actors, well, I say that, but Jennifer Hale, I hated when I was a little girl, because Jennifer Hale was always brought into, usually male-oriented, male-led shows, and she was the girl. Oh, yeah? It was always Jennifer Hale, and I hated her. But then I loved her in We're in the World as Carmen. Uh, in Metal Gear, there's Tara Strong. She does a voice. I don't know Yeah, Tara Strong has been going around for a long time. She too. does the voice of Raven on Teen Titans Go. Yeah. And I think T- Raven's hot, and so I get confounded. <laughs> Tara Strong's been doing voices for a long time. I'm pretty sure we she's the voice of enough hot and goth girls, girls in high school. Of course, Raven Trump are like, okay, Bill's that's the type I would be uh, get a crush in high school, too. Yeah. Uh, it's your the aloof kind you're of. Yeah. So, like, Tara Strong is a known thing. I just know her Tara just because. Tara Strong's been a voice actor for a long time, too. Yeah. She does. A, oh, man. She does, I think she does the voice of, like, the lead character in, like, My Little Pony and shit. Like, I that. think so, yeah. She's up pony, at least. Yeah. 
for the record, Bill, any other Uncharted Four stuff? Don't I don't want to know. Can't find any more. Okay, but yeah. I'm just telling you, like if you we discover shut down anything, the podcast now. Like, <laughs> oh, you you want to be in the dark? I don't want to know anything about Uncharted Four. Like I really like Naughty Dog as storytellers, and I kind of want to go into it just with. Also, I really just love Uncharted, and I want to I want to have a good time, and Could I'm really apprehensive that I'm. <laughs> you if it's canceled you can tell me about that and if it's moved out you can tell me about that but any story details it's not too late for them to turn it in uncarded for for if they're all in the carts <laughs> there's no more car clone oh my god i would totally beep, beep. well no there was a nathan drake in whatever cart game my little big cart well, or i whatever. think part of the joke was that like in all of other naughty dog series that they never came yeah. out with a four it was always like a they like, always turned into a cart game. game so everyone was like well uncharted four has got to be a cart game and then they'll make uncharted five but yeah uh, I would play it because, like, yeah, we well, was... before Crash Bandicoot, uh, the cart game is one of my favorite cart games of all time. That was my cart game. I never played Burnt Cart. <laughs> yeah. Moving on, Square Enix announced really gross Kickstarter style pre order tiers for XCOM 2, including the game being released four days early if enough copies are pre ordered. Did you hear about this? Was this I, I heard about it for uh, Deus Ex. I didn't hear about it for XCOM. Is it for X Home? I think I it was for Deus Ex. Because it was real. At first, I thought, are they kickstarting it? Because there's literally. No, because tears, that's like what it costumes is. Costumes and everything. Uh, maybe it was. Okay. To, yeah. yeah, I think. I'm pretty sure it was Deus Ex. Yeah. Show you gross. how invested I am in this Well, the news. thing is, is that Square Enix has really bought into the whole Kickstarter thing because they have their own crowdfunding sort of thing yeah. for indie games. This is the dark side of corporations this getting into gross. Kickstarter stuff where, like, it's not actually going to be a Kickstarter, but they're treating, just selling a corporate product like it's yeah. Kickstarter. Oof. And so, yeah, the idea of this is um, they're going to release the game. It's, you know, it's not like they're pretending that the game needs to be Kickstarted, but the idea is, depending on how many pre-order, how many people pre-order the game, uh, that will unlock new content within the game or if uh, they hit a certain tier, they will, oh, yeah, like you said, release the game four days early for everyone who bought Woof. the game. Um, which doesn't make... Like, oh... <laughs> yeah. They, they yeah. can't not hit that last tier. Because if they don't hit that last tier, it makes it look like no one wants the game. <laughs> like, this is the way... Like, so, of course, they're not gonna... Like, psychologically? Yeah, they can't... They can't afford to put out... I'm sure these tiers are just going to be phantom tiers where, like, they never put out any numbers. <laughs> phantom tiers is the next Metal Gear game. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, like, this is... It's, it's just a marketing thing because you know yeah. they've so already set it's up... it's going to happen regardless. It's going to happen regardless because there's no situation where they could do this. And because if, if, they, if, they, if they fulfill, like, maybe half the tiers and not get all the way to the end, it makes it look like no one pre-ordered the game and now it looks like no one wants the game so who gives a shit? So this is the thing where they obviously mean to whatever the release date is. Yeah. I know the, everyone's going to get copies of GameStop four days early regardless of hmm. whatever, how many... But just the fact I can't game. imagine this is a physical distribution thing, by the way. I gotta imagine this is a digital unlock. Because the nature so? of distribution is so hard to control. What well, are they that's do? what I'm saying. Is like, like, they're essentially going to send it out to GameStop saying, hey, I know we're telling people that this game is going to release for like this date, but uh, it's going to be what? Well, you know what it probably is is it like the, the 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 actual release release date now is probably like a Friday, and so four days early means it's going to come out on Tuesday like it normally would if they weren't pretending it was coming out four days later. And especially because like this is all designed to try to make people to try to try to browbeat each other into pre-ordering because like oh I pre-ordered this if you pre-order this too they can make yeah. sure I can get like extra stuff in my game or get yeah. to unlock it three days early. Like trying to turn trying to yeah. take the social media aspect of Kickstarter and turn that towards just buying Oof. shit that has already been made that was coming out. It's just so fucking gross. Yeah. It's just fuck Square Enix. Woof, 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 woof. Titties hurt just thinking about <laughs> Oh, Bill. Uh, uh, says the guy screaming out corporate <laughs> shit sitting in front of a $100 <laughs> pile of Star Wars action Disney's figures. Dead. 
<laughs> Jesus Christ. Halo Destiny composer slash sound guy Marty O'Donnell won a huge suit against Bungie. O'Donnell was one of the elders at Bungie and the studio's head sound and music guy. He was fired two years ago after putting up a fight and or shitting the bed when his music was removed from the 2013 E3 Destiny demo and Activision declined to publish the music for Destiny as a standalone album. Mm-hmm. To be fair, I read this. I read into this because I thought it was an interesting situation. You don't often hear, frankly, about creatives suing a corporation and yeah. Winning. So he was one of the four found. Actually, one of the seven founders of Bungie, and was there from day one and did all the Halo music and was the sound director for music for for Halo. Apparently, the way they developed Destiny, they made him compose nuts. all the music for the planned decades worth of games mm-hmm. at once. And so he this this was the part where I'm like, I can kind of see where Bungie was coming from. They're like, oh, well, what? And he was like, well, let's release all the music as a suite because those designs are sweet. Yeah, especially if you're going to design that much music in one big lump. Well, I might as well do something with but it. But on the yeah. other hand, that's kind of like essentially a spoiler for the future game. It's like like you're releasing content from a future game, independent of the game. It seems just kind of weird. But also, so he when uh, they yeah there was this demo D three and they Activision decided to replace his music with different music. He flipped his shit and he was like, well, they're trying to take creative control from us. This yeah. is important shit. And uh, he uh, and they he. He really shit the, like really flipped the biscuit about it hard. There seems to be conflicting reports as to whether or not he was just fighting for his rights mm-hmm. and just rebelling against what was perceived to be the like invasive attitude of mm-hmm. Activision, or other people saying no, he just threw a shit fit and was throwing the whole studio under the bus because See, that's the they sort of replaced thing. his music and they wouldn't release this music as a standalone album. So he was shit talking people. Yeah, he was it's like, hard, inter- like interfering with business being done at the studio. It's because, like when you're part of an organization. Yeah, it's like you kind you're and especially part of a corporation. You're not Bungie. You're not those seven dudes anymore. You're owned by Activision. This yeah. is or excuse me, they're still independent. I the, think, but, but they're working essentially. They're slaves to Activision for ten years. They're yeah, exactly. Yeah. Labor. It's like you can't. There's certain shit you can't do. And so one of the things, the reason why he sued is that they took away his, all his shares. Which they couldn't do because, yeah, there's one. it's one thing to fire him, but say, hey, we're going to fire you and take away all your shares. And the reason why like. is they're like, obviously, this dude can't be trusted with having say yeah. in the governance of our company if he fundamentally objects to our partners, to our, excuse me, our only client. Like, you can't just come in and ch- any any meeting of governance. And yeah. sh- I totally get it, but it's interesting that he just won. Yeah, and everyone's all. interpreting this as like huge victory for like yeah for him, but like you read kinda the like, stuff and it's kind of like he is kind of like acting like it sounds like he's acting like a goon at the same time. Yeah, and I mean, the, granted, I mean, uh, this, this is a guy who was a huge part of the company for. Yeah. Uh, no, he wasn't even just the sound guy because he actually yeah. like, like was involved in like the writing of this stuff too. He yeah. was one of the big of like one of the two two or three big creative pillars at the studio. Yeah, and so which shows you either he lost his mind or things really soured. Uh, at Bungie under control of Activision, yeah. which it sounds like they were essentially, essentially under control of it, even though they're still so probably a combination of both, but like... I'd, yeah, I'd believe it's uh, both. Game development is a fucking pressure cooker. Yeah. And it's just, especially when you've been mired in it for that long. And I could see, like, if you spent long enough, like, writing this giant thing of music that yeah. essentially go it, yeah, largely you unused. you lose your shit? Yeah. Just to kind of... But at the same time, yeah, I like, don't know. why would you be asked to compose all this music at once and then wait for ten years? Mm-hmm. So you're complete sweet. 
cannot be hurt. It's yeah, it's just like yeah, woof, yeah. woof, woof, woof. Well, good on you, Marty McDonald, Marty O'Donnell. Did He's you, gonna so, get a hell of a pay, dude. Oh, that's interesting because it's a still standalone company. They have to pay him. I wonder if that's yeah. gonna really hit them in the checkbook. Yeah, it's interesting depending on how much they owe him. They, so he he wasn't they're gonna paid. Cash him out. He wasn't paid his p his outstanding PTO. So they didn't yeah. do a payout for that. And yeah, that was like ninety thousand dollars right there. Yeah, like he's won a series of suits against them. It's just interesting. It's really interesting. Yeah. Um. But yeah, did you see? I saw the article I read ended with, and now he runs his own video game studio. And I clicked on the link. Granted, it was on my phone, but his video game studio's official website is a is. Marty O'Donnell's official game studio is it dot wordpress.com <laughs> Oh, come like, on. Dude. Come uh, on, you know dude. the most famous thing he's written uh, aside from the Halo music? He wrote the jingle for the Flintstones Vitamins commercial. Six really? million strong and growing. Yeah. Really? There was a bungee podcast where that that was the intro music all the time because it was part like and he would well, he was one of the hosts and be like, Yep, yeah. that's the most famous thing I've ever written, even more than wow. the Halo music. Yes. Yeah. He's an older guy. I mean, that was written in the 70s, and that was, like, one of his first games. Barry Manilow, his most notable pieces, works, are actually all the jingles he wrote. Yeah, exactly. God bless. Uh, The next big PS4 update will include the ability to stream via YouTube gaming instead of just Twitch, and offer 10 gigabytes of cloud storage rather than just one. Do you have the problem where... Every time yes. you create a saved game, it's a, <laughs> yes. you just get a bunch of error messages. I do. Yeah, yeah. That's, Every, I'm really excited about this for that. Especially exact the Witcher reason. Three created a lot of. Well, especially Witcher Three, I was creating a whole bunch of like separate saves depending on what yeah, I was so doing. That's exactly and my so thing. The, with it would automatically upload. Yeah, and so it's like I have like seriously like a hundred Inquisition and, saves. And the saved files for huge games like Inquisition or Witcher Three are fucking. They'll be like yeah. they'll be like hundreds of megabits. They'll be yeah. half a me- half a gig. They only have one gig of storage available. Yeah, it's crazy that it took them this long to go. Oh yeah, maybe we should upgrade that because. Is there a way to manage your cloud space? I, I went looking for it the other day. I've never been able to figure it. Out. Yeah. 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 So. Uh, it's interesting. They seem to be doing some updates to PS4. I noticed I went to go look at the store this last week. Mm-hmm. And my first thought when I first logged on to the PlayStation 4 store was how generous they were being with space. Like when you think of, when you look at something and you think of like the dollars per inch for the amount of room, they were really being like being really liberal. Like they would have, you'd land on the store and you'd see maybe two things advertised, maybe one thing advertised. Mm-hmm. I was like, damn, they're really not condensing like the amount of information that can be conveyed on this. I went to the PlayStation Four store this week. Sure enough, they've cha- they have a new template now. Oh no, where it's like really dense and it's like they've got maybe six things on the screen at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like there we go. Finally, an optimization. Past, like you would have expert. like two images and you'd scroll left or right and would just well, be yeah. like. It's almost like a screen filling, like maybe half the screen. You have to scroll to see something else. Yeah, like that's like just right there above the fold, so to speak. To yeah. use web language. I was always just like, that's well, kind of you get a big baller. picture preview of whatever's in the It's brave like, to do. Art. Yeah, I'm surprised they did it for a year. That's the terrible like, thing about the Xbox One interface because yeah. it's nothing but tiny little tiles. And yeah, half that's the, the tiles, dark side like, of it. It's just fucking. It's that like, is, it's, it's like well, looking the, at a fucking Jenga game. The thing is, yeah, that's the thing with Xbox. Like you're looking at a bunch of tiles, and then if you want to dig into any one of those tiles, it breaks out into more tiles. Yeah, it's, it's just like, just God, like, no, just what is happening? And I love that their excuse is always just yell at Connect. It's like Connect, show me this. Yeah, it's like the idea of our user interface. Uh, I, I was waiting to see if that actually Connect actually did something. But, I, yeah. If the whole if your if your solution to your user interface is don't use our user interface, I know. That's like, that's do you guys have the PlayStation 4 camera? No. We don't have the camera for either. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, says Phil. Uh, Tearaway. Tearaway. Yeah. yeah, I forgot about that. And I'm like, it already shipped. 
I mean, I want to buy a new one because I love Medium Isle. Like, you yeah. know, I love the original Terraway. Well, you can from play the Vita. it without the. I know you can, the... but like the camera was such a huge part of the Vita. Sure, game. but it's also a difference because the Vita, it's like five inches away from your face versus like eight feet away from your face. Yeah, and I know screen. if I buy a PlayStation 4 camera, I'm only ever going to use it for this yeah. one game because it's not like anything else uses the camera. But yeah. I don't know. So. Amazon now offers iTunes-style video downloads for offline viewing rather than just pure streaming like Netflix or Hulu. So cool, yeah, if you have any... Like, who do? Who put do? I can now download a Catastrophe then and put it on my phone. Exactly, if you're going on airplane phone. But that's kind of, It's weird that, like, more places don't let you do that. I mean, granted, it's all yeah. DRM. You can't do anything with that file that you want to, but at least sure. it's, like, kind of an iTunes kind of thing where, like, yeah, I'm going on a well, plane like, ride. I want to download a bunch of stuff. my internet went down, and I was like, fuck the cloud. All my music is in the cloud. Like, I was just, like, at that moment, I was like, what the hell am I doing? I had to add this to the list. Guess what show starts a new season this weekend on PBS stations across the country? What? The Great British Baking Show. <gasps> really? Which yes. season are they streaming? Season four, the one we're about to finish up this weekend. Ah, so they went back. Is last one. last year was the current season, which All right, was friends, five. Wipe everything else we have talked about from your brain. Listen very carefully. Go to your local public broadcasting station. Look at their roster and look at the times so for the Great British Baking Control Show. Control F, Great British. <laughs> See and you. Watch that shit, my friend. This is the I am season not with kidding. the hot lady that everyone loves to freak out about. I we talk a lot of shit about a lot of media on the show, and I would say it is all optional, or <laughs> it is all very specific to a certain sort of taste. I do not care what your tastes are. Uh-huh. I do not care what your interest is in cooking. I do not care what your relationship is with the British nation. I don't care how you feel about reality television. You will enjoy. The Great British Baking Show is good. Watch it. Oh, now watch I want to talk watch about watch the watch watch season watch because, watch watch but now that we're telling people they should watch the season, I have nothing to say that spoilers for the season though. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. It's good. It's good. Like it's it's total. Yeah, just watch it. Watch it. It's a total salve on the soul. It just feels so good. It's a warm. It is comfort food. And especially now that it's getting colder and rainier, yeah, it's more like finally turning snuggle up. It's gonna snuggle up TV. Yeah. Believe it or not, we're doing Geek Game Review. Aaron Sorkin is writing a Lucille Ball biopic for Kate Blanchett. Do you have any opinions about this? Uh, Aaron Sorkin's really got the biopic bug, doesn't he? I really hate calling it biopic, which is why I'm saying it. Uh, I call biopic. Yeah, that's what it is. I've heard people call it biopic, though. It cracks me up. Uh, Yeah, no, he's really got the biopic bug because he wrote, you know, obviously... I guess no one wants him to do television anymore, so... He did the Steve Jobs thing, and now he's... I guess the Steve Jobs thing is finally coming out and getting reviews now. Everyone's saying it's really good, but it just sounds like Aaron Sorkin... And what's his face does looks nothing like Steve Jobs, but yeah. it's not that bad. Yeah. So yeah. I um, mean, when you think about it, uh, Aaron Sorkin loves telling stories about people in power. You know, yeah. it does, and the way power and, alters them, and, and the way like all the things he had to overcome from from shorter sighted exactly, people that were yep. really petty, but like this person was like super. He could see it. Let special and he's people so much, be special. It really is, man. Watch the newsroom. <laughs> I just want to. That's one of the things where like I like. I love the West Wing. One of my yeah, top five two yeah. favorite shows. I love. But, like, there are other way. things... Oh, Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> Aaron Sorkin is like Tarantino, where it's like he's a, he's a talented... Yeah. See, actually, that's a good analogy. I can kind of see why you're frustrated by Tarantino he, more he's often. He's so than, yeah. bogged down by being oh, who he is. Yeah. But uh, Kate Blanchett is Lucille Ball. That's pretty... That's pretty damn good. I mean, fucking... I love, seeing her being like... Because her whole thing is she's, she's usually pretty... 
don't want to say haughty, but like Kate Blanchett is always always very reserved. That's why she's a good Gladriel. It de- that, dude, that depends on what role you're seeing, dude. Think the, of her as the fucking aviator. Fucking what, a lot of people reference like, that because it's another yeah. redhead mid-century kind of lady. Fucking and Hannah? I'm just saying, like, lady's sure got... Lady's got... I like that lady as an actress. I'll watch her do anything. I hope they show her inventing Star Trek. <laughs> yeah! She yeah. was involved in the that was, Star Trek. Like, that was her studio that well, produced Star Trek. What was the name of their studio? Desi? Desi Lou. Desi Yeah, if you watch Star Trek at the end of everything, it was Desi Lou production. Yeah. Um, they are looking for a, a Desi Arnaz right now. Michael Pena. Actually, Michael Pena. I don't know any other Latino actors. See, that's the sad thing. It's like, how many could Latinos it not be? Could it not be Machete? Oh, God. Denny Trejo? I'm going to move on because this is upsetting <laughs> already. Be, no, Miyazaki for the future wants her. spending. Ah. Miyazaki is spending $2.5 million of his own money, not Ghibli's, to build a nature preserve exclusively for children on a remote Okinawan island. Once on the island, the children will be all beginning weapons and be forced to murder each other before a live television audience. That's pretty grimdark. <laughs> He lost his fucking mind. It's pretty cool to have like a desert, like a an, an animal, he like a nature reserve. He's island. just like, yeah, I want. To, he says something about utopia only exists for people when they're children, and I yeah. want to give them that utopia. Wow, wow, that's pretty cool. I love the fact that like it's only. I will, I hope it's just like plants and shit. So like people, like kids, like playing Pokemon and shit. They go like, I want to go to this like Studio Ghibli Park. It'd be awesome. It's just fucking true. <laughs> what is this? There's nothing to do here. And like two or three kids bring Pokemon. There's they suddenly be like, turns into Lord of the Flies. Like I have the only entertainment. I have the DS. Because <laughs> how do you unplug kids from the world and throw them on a deserted island and tell Ghibli them to have fun? Because Ghibli wants the kids to unplug. That would be an interesting social experiment. Yeah, it's well, like one of those things where it's like people. Yeah, the Japanese kids feel obligated to be thankful enough for this it was like yes i am having fun it is so fun on this deserted island with these other strange kids i do not know so did, did you, you got ever, put him on put his money with his my joke i didn't realize sounds more like hunger games but i was making a joke about yeah. battle royale the oh, japanese horror movie where high schoolers get abducted and sent to a, a deserted japanese island and told to murder each other for television <laughs> right that's a lot of when the hunger games first came sure. out everyone was like oh everyone it's just battle, battle royale, royale but blah 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 yeah. but yeah oh, but i watched uh jojo was watching uh, hunger games 2 last night i watched yeah. a big chunk of that Peter got fucked up. Peter got fucked. He up. touched the force the thing, field. Well, the thing is, is that the, at the end of the day, Battle Royale is ultimately. I have never seen Battle Royale, but Hunger Games is ultimately ultimately a meditation on PTSD is and it? the effect of war on people and and, and the normal people. You find out that Cheers is on an airplane <laughs> with uh with uh, almost famous. Uh-huh. Almost famous is a good guy. <laughs> And but then James Bond is there. He says we can make lightning I've seen with this movie arrow. I barely know what you're talking. About. I'm just saying no, that's no. how the movie ends. It is how the movie ends. She gets saved, picked up, and Peter get left. But he's in the yeah. capital, and they destroyed District Twelve. I was that, shocked. I love. I've never read any of the Hunger Games books. I only saw the second half of this one movie. I love. I, I a lot of people hate the end of the Hunger Games. I love it because it is the worst happy ending of all time. Really? And I love is it, it really for that. unearned or no? It's a terrible happy ending. It's like it's a happy quote unquote ending in the way that it should be conventionally happy, but they're all so fucked up by their experiences. They're miserable. There's a part where they uh, cannot be happy. They're incapable of happiness. Peta touches a force field and gets fried. And I so wanted to, because Josh and Bahar really went, went into it, but I wanted to say, oh, Peta's a piece of toast. <laughs> I've been holding on to that for 12 hours now. 
just didn't feel good finally coming out. <laughs> I was, it was like a really good battle. It was one of those things where like I had pause in my head and went perfect to say it, but I was like, it's just like I had to start with myself and go. <laughs> and like I tried not Did to like admire your, your strength. It seemed like a well-made movie. I don't want to like be that guy who shows because I walked in halfway through the movie. Yeah. I don't want to be that guy showing like. <laughs> They're solid. What are you watching? Films. This is stupid. It's also just one of those things that doesn't need to be eight movies, but it is. Cause they gotta. Well, that's the thing I was talking about. Like, which one is this? Because I know they're making like twelve of these movies. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. like, this is the second one, and this is actually the end of the second book, and it's just the last book they're splitting into half, just like Harry yeah, Potter. Yeah. But um, I like the costumes. Everyone's yeah. wearing those kind of like yeah things. Yeah, it's interesting because I mean it's the usual gray, grayish dystopia. I call it. So I guess in the it. second one. It's all the they're they're getting a whole bunch of victors from the previous yeah. Hunger Games together. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh man, well that means someone old gonna show up, and yeah. then and they there's an old lady i'm like oh that lady she's gonna die fucked up and then she yep. poisons herself i was yeah. like yeah i called it <laughs> yes <laughs> you understand it's it's a horror movie for people who don't like horror movies because yeah, like it is it like is. let's see who's gonna kill each other off the I'm like, end of the first hunger games book and movie spoilers for hunger games is that all the people who have died in the hunger games get, get like turned into terrible slavering like werewolfy monsters that are the final round of the hunger games they all get attacked. is that in the movie too yeah it's in the movie mm-hmm. They're like these terrible beasts that are actually the mutated bodies of the dead. Uh, so they're zombies? They're not even alive? They're like not, conscious? I can't remember. I fucking can't remember. There's, man, they, they bring out, uh, what's her name? Katniss? <laughs> what can you call her? Because she's Hunger Games. What can you call her? They bring out Hunger Games. Yeah, Hunger Games in her wedding dress. This one looks confounded. <laughs> Hunger Games in her wedding dress, and she says, she says to the guy, "Fuck you." She catches on fire, and then she turns into Black Swan, uh-huh. and she's standing there giving the rest of her interview like Black yeah. Swan. Like, uh-huh. oh, I didn't realize because she's holding her arms out because it's a Christ metaphor. I just yeah. realized why that's so, <laughs> yeah, staged so weird. Okay, yeah. well, and she's holding out the wings of her sure. dress. Yeah, but I realized that's the, also the thing because she's like, "Hunger I Games is it. very silly, but I like what it's I going for." I don't know, no, Jeffrey. James Bond. Yeah, he's, he's pretty good. He shows up. Yeah, he's pretty he's good. He's got stuff. He's so nice in he's, all the yeah. things he does. He good. Uh, hey, that Blue was Bot a weird Geek aside. <laughs> Goonies director Richard Donner is trying to turn the Goonies into a quote immersive theater experience unquote the biggest quote unquote in the world <laughs> where people get chased around a warehouse by fatalities and have to run through traps with a bunch of actors pretending to be twelve year olds. Also, the Goonies will be given weapons. <laughs> And be forced to murder each other before a live television audience. That's the Goonies interactive experience I want to see. <laughs> you want to see Goonies of the Flies? Lord of the yeah! Goonies? If they'd been stuck down those couches for a couple more, once the Twinkies ran out, they would have turned on each other. Richard Donner make a fucking movie. I didn't know Richard... Okay, true fact. This is awful. I didn't know Richard Donner was still alive. <laughs> <laughs> he was old when he made the Goonies. You see set pictures, he's like 98. I really like him as a filmmaker, though. Make more movies, Richard Donner. He made... It's weird to he think... He was born in 1930. What are you doing making what? interactive experience, dude? Make fucking Makes George movies. Miller look like a spring chicken. Wow. Um... He made Superman, Mace, Mace. Lethal Weapon, uh-huh. and the Goonies. Foley loves Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon's pretty I like, good. my favorite movie of his is, of course, Maverick. I irrationally <gasps> oh, love made Maverick. Ma- Maverick's good times. And more importantly, he made my favorite movie in the world, Lady Hawk. Oh, he made Lady Hawk? He made Lady Hawk. No it's idea. a Richard Donner film, and I love it. Make Lady Hawk 2. <laughs> 
Hawk <laughs> Wolfman. <laughs> Would Lady Hawk emerge, emergency experience be <laughs> you are only in a room with a dog? And the dog, and then you have to switch places with a chicken, (laughs) and then your wife has to go in. That's it. Bill hasn't seen Lady Hawk in a while. Isn't that what happens? (laughs) It's called Chicken Dog. (laughs) No, that would be the Animaniac spoof of Lady Hawk. Chicken Dog. It's one of the good fellas (laughs) with runts. Duh. Relevant Animaniacs reference. <laughs> so, so good. Who really wants to be? You have to pay a, a presumably exorbitant amount of money. He specifically says warehouse too. This is, so this is going to be because you can't park or anything. You can't hire kids to be actors for this thing. So presumably it's going to be a bunch adult. of adults. Yeah. Hi, I'm 12 years old from this movie that was made 20 years before I was born. Come with me on an interactive foam rock adventure. <laughs> This is the worst idea. Uh, I'm going to move on. Fury Road returns to theaters in IMAX 3D starting on Friday. Any interest in seeing that again? I want to see it in 3D. You don't want to see it in 3D? No. Also, you just bought the I went Blu-ray. to go see it in 3D. It was, I was like, oh, I no, heard- excuse me. No, no, no. I did it because it was post-conversion 3D. And George Miller himself said, don't oh, that's see right. it yeah. in 3D. Oh, man, you just, like, for a moment there, I was thinking about maybe going to check it out, but I forgot, yeah, if it's post-converted. We, we saw the, so like I said, Foley and I got the Blu-ray. Ugh. We didn't watch the movie, but we watched all the special, special features. And they do a lot of stuff, but all the extensive, insane car stunts they had. Yeah. And they talked about one of the biggest ones is when there's one vehicle that smashes into another vehicle, and they shoot it from the front with a phantom camera, which gives a camera that does 300 frames per second. And so they're showing this footage, and it's gorgeous the way this just comes towards you and then they show the final cut in the movie it's as like a contrast five frames and they and then they like the climax of that shot is that the steering wheel from the car that's being smashed into comes with the Immortan Joe symbol comes flying oh, into the, the camera movie. yeah it's and the it's, truck at the end and it's just like it's the most needlessly this is 3D sort of thing possible that is and literally it's also just terrible CGI and it's literally obscuring this amazing that's yeah, and I'm like no I will not go see it Road is a good movie, but like, yeah, that kind of shit kind of got on my nerves. That movie, where it's like, especially that's the last thing you see. That's the end of the movie. It's not <sighs> literally like that shot isn't. Oh no! But then they go into the Citadel thing. But that's the last yeah. end of the last action. It's scene. a climactic it's like, stunt. Scene. CGI. And it's a great stunt too. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, yeah, and it like literally obscures the action. So no, I will not be going to see it. But I, I would like to go see an IMAX, not see 3D. I'd say mm-hmm. that. Though. I don't think about that. Nickelodeon wants to make an Avengers style movie, mashing up. The characters from Rugrats, Rocco's Modern Life, Hey Arnold, Angry Beavers, and Ren and Stimpy. I don't realize, was that a Nickelodeon show? Yeah, it was. Those are all Nickelodeon shows. That's an interesting... Where's, where's Doug? Uh, where's... Uh, See, I'm not... Uh, I'm, 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 monsters. I was too old for Nickelodeon, so I put this on here just for younger for the younger people. Well, see, that's exactly the thing. It's so like, we, are those kind of big about mis- this? Who gives a shit about these characters other than people my age who watch Nickelodeon? Well, that's a lot of people. It's a weird... Yeah, but you can't just... Like, there's always like, ah, oh, you gotta get that nostalgia, Della. But it's... The thing about the Avengers movies is they built a tentpole, like a thing that was more than it just It is that. interesting these companies trying to do the forced cinematic universe now. Yeah. Like, in this, we're like, well, we own all these properties, so why don't we do... It's like if Cartoon Network said, we should have uh, 
Steven Universe, Legend of Korra. Here's the only way you can make me care about this. If the stinger at the end of it is adult Michelle Trattenberg as adult Harriet the Spy rolls up in like a truck or something, a stogie, opens the door, says, get in. <laughs> like is a that shotgun also, on the, on is the that dashboard. Is also that the Adventures of Pete and Pete? Yeah. That was pretty Did you see the article of Pete and Pete where he said that uh, we're basically someone was saying how Pete and Pete is full of white people and he's like, yeah, and it was good. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> like, like he was saying it's better because of white he people? Saying, what? He was saying tr- uh, uh, Pete and Pete and Clarissa are the most beloved of those shows because they didn't give in to the needless drive for uh, diversity. See, I can appreciate it if he's just like saying, who cares? We didn't know better back in the day, whatever. No. But if he's saying like that's the secret to their success, well, that's I did that's, not read the article. That's it was the a Colonel's recipe is sure white an asshole. And I get what he's saying. He's like, we didn't listen to corporate injections into our media, but still, no. like, fuck it, don't. have some sensitivity. Jesus Christ! Yesterday, I saw a bumper sticker that left me so flabbergasted. Oh, no. And apparently, this is a thing. This is my first time hearing it. Someone in, in this neighborhood has a, a Dixie horn. Da, 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 da. I saw a bumper sticker yesterday that said, Pants up, don't loot. It's a weird dance. I was. This is a part of the podcast. It just brings to a halt. Fucking. <laughs> pants up, don't loot. I like loot. my. I mean, that is fucked up. What black people in this town are going to see that? This is not <laughs> the town to be showing off. Well, also, okay, let's just say I'm a white Oregonian. I have no right to have any sort of judgment one way or the other on any sort of racial rights because we live in a state where it was literally illegal to live here and be black uh-huh. for a long time. <laughs> we do not have the moral right. Did you have Oregon plates? He did. Because I could... We did. Damn. Well, that's flabbergasted. That's the brave stance to take on that issue. Jesus Christ. Maybe he's just very safety conscious. Jesus Christ! You're gonna... Was that the only sticker he had? The only sticker on his car. Well, even that, because at least the if it was a race, one. if he was some kind of crazy guy. Dear Lord. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. So, I feel I bad am... because I grew up I with guess. stuff like that all the time. Because of Pittsburgh, well, I, you know, Texas, Kansas. These are not bastions of racial sensitivity. Yeah. But I'm not to say to that degree. But pants it's up, just don't like, loot. Pants up, don't loot. Fuck you. That is such a yeah. Fuck you. You're just asking for your car's windows to get smashed I, in. Or I am not, not even from black people, from anyone with any kind of fucking... You know me. I have a temper. Sense of justice. My temper tends to go and then burn out. Yeah. I very rarely simmer Let with rage on, or a yeah. long time. I seriously want to smash that dude's windows in. Fuck that guy. Just rip the sticker off Jesus Christ. Bare minimum. Ugh. Okay. fucker. Yeah, Jesus. That's, that's... Yeah. Uh, on uh, October 1st, another news, the U.S. Postal Service will release a book of 50th anniversary Peanuts Christmas special stamps. Impact of white people stuff. Yeah, exactly. Important. Uh, Bill had no idea this year was the 50th anniversary of that special. Yeah, that was Aww. 1965 that shit came out. Mm. Man, that's every goddamn Christmas gift this year. It's going to be It's yeah. gonna be those peanuts. That they're going to make a fucking mint off I'm going to send cards just so I can... Yeah, what if this single-handedly saved the post? <laughs> yeah, no, it's After cool. they died a couple of years the ago almost because of are just screen caps from the uh, the short, too. It's not like they went back and, like, created all new kind of ghastly art. It's just mm-hmm. like if you just want, like, you know, Charlie Brown and all the kids singing, uh, you know, Hark the Angel Sing just around about it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cute. It's the kind of Christmas stamps that both your religious crazy-ass... Pull your pants up, don't loot, grandma will buy. Also, you can buy and not feel like a total asshole. Jesus Christ. So. <laughs> Man, um, 
fucking. I know. I can't. I can't. That dude. Ah. Uh, Tuesday, September 1st, 2015, was the last day that Harry and Ginny's first kid was shipped off to Hogwarts. The epilogue at the end of Deathly Hollows is about their second son heading off to Hogwarts in the same day, two years later in 2017. What is so here are some dates. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. It's interesting. We're sneaking up two years from, two years from this week is going to be the epilogue from the last Harry Potter book. <sighs> That's horrifying. I know. Dude, we're getting old, buddy. Granted, this age. Anne Hathaway ain't getting jobs. <laughs> She's <laughs> like, too old. She's too old. She got cobwebs in her vulvas. Ugh. And fucking. Yeah, no, first kid. How many kids they got? I don't remember that I shit. I care so little about the epilogue. But yeah, the epilogue is yeah, all about them taking epilogue. their second years. They're taking their second yeah. kid. And they're saying, oh, your son, your, your big brother who showed up there two years ago. Yeah, so. And did you see that apparently some of the. I'm going to especially talk out of my hat, uh, talk out of my ass on something that literally fully showed me a picture from Tumblr. Oh, yeah. So that's the rich source. Of Are you going to talk about Kim Davis's five head? We're not talking about Kim Davis because that will make me melt my entire brain down. God damn, Kim Davis. Did you see that the only Republican candidate who said, hey, the Supreme Court ruled, we kind of respect that, was Donald Trump? Donald Trump. My God. I'm just... God, America's fucked up. America's. We need to finish this up. so I can go lay down with a cool cloth over my eyes. Oh man, but this is also the ten year anniversary of Kanye saying Bush don't care about black people. I do love all the media attention that guy. <laughs> I didn't see anyone talking about because that means it was also the tenth anniversary of Katrina stuff happening yeah. too. But Shit. like, did you see Kanye? Kanye said he's going to be running for president too. Kanye for president. You gonna run over Kanye? Oh, I boy. will vote the shit out. Man, if his running partner is uh, Nicki Minaj, <laughs> fuck yeah. I will say this. She almost, did you see the VMA shit where she almost beat the shit out of Miley Cyrus? Not, no, I shouldn't say she almost beat, but she did have strong words for Miley Cyrus. You know Cyrus. what? I'm going to vote for an outsider who's outside of politics, but has some crazy ideas. going to shake this up. This is a justification for both Kanye and Donald Why Trump. Why do we go from Bernie Sanders to Kanye West? Did you see the media came out where Donald Trump was like, how apparently Donald Trump reads has a copy of Mein Kampf that he reads a lot <laughs> did we talk about that last week no but i write about that too yeah <laughs> that's totally that guy's a fucking I, good at propaganda i wonder if he would be such a voracious public asshole if he hadn't gotten so many like entertainment deals where like he got like uh well he the was the star of shit. tv yeah. shows and shit like that yeah. so he's totally got this thing under his i wonder how much it is, is is him just trying to play the media for entertainment value what's the name of the versus terrible... him just being is he really that much of a natural asshole would he be doing this anyway if he wasn't already famous for yes. like acting like an asshole on tv shows yes. he's always been like this he's always been like this he's i know he's an asshole but i kind of wonder how much he's like because uh, some of the shit he's saying almost seems like shit you would just say if you were just intentionally intentionally yeah. trying to antagonize yeah people. where even the other conservatives are like what the fuck are you saying <laughs> I... which that takes a lot to do in america it's just like you remember uh, what was his name the mayor of toronto who was a terrible cokehead but he oh yeah that guy tom yeah. ford yeah is donald trump gonna become an international tom ford because yeah. that actually makes me feel gross well, only if he gets elected welcome to the annie feels really gross <laughs> i can't imagine america would swing that hard from obama to trump i know that's why, how it works it's I know, a reaction well it's a i mean we went from bush to obama and but like go Trump, back to a Bush. Trump, we elected Trump Bush. Bush on purpose. <laughs> That's the horrifying thing about Trump. Uh, it's, it's, oh. Uh, 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 hey, hey, let's finish this so I can go vomit. <laughs> Steven Universe returns Thursday. Yeah. Good, because Annie needs a bomb. <laughs> 
right about now. It'll be, yeah, no, it's actually coming back for real. It's not just like another Steven Bomber or anything like that. Oh, so. Steven Universe. We have more episodes. Man, God, you got Great British Bake Off and Steven Universe happening at the same time in the world. Man, that's just like a warm blanket of media. That's, that's what, what I need. Saying. I just need to that's turn off need. the news. That's an hour of televised perfection happening every week. Just if you like tune into the right station. Times. Ugh. So, friends, that's it for the Geek Cook Interview, but I'm going to say it again because it's worth saying. Watch the Great British Baking Show. If you punish yourself enough to listen to the Boy Hattie podcast every week, do yourself a favor. Do your ears a favor. We need to start like a betting ring to see like we need to put down like money on who's going to win and who's it's it's got to be like the Kentucky uh, Kentucky Derby <laughs> for like podcast stuff. <laughs> like, well, like one of my favorite things to do with the Great British Bake Off is the first episode of every season when they're introducing the new bakers that they're yeah. going to have for that season is before even anyone get, really gets a chance to open their mouth decide who's going to win. <laughs> Just based on their like physical personality sure. or anything like that. Sure. Like, okay, that guy. He, look, he looks <laughs> yeah. like he go to He looks like a winner. <laughs> oh, no. She looks like, oh, she fucked up already. She, <laughs> she got the high yeah. thing. Uh, fat people have a history of not making it very far. <laughs> this in the is Great true. British Bake Off. One lady in the second season kind of got a little bit far, but like, I well, no, third season. But I'm just saying. There's See, that's to me is so the antithesis of the Great British Bake Off because for me it's not about the competition. I, there's something perverse though about taking so something as pure <laughs> as the Great so British Bake Off and turning it, trying to turn it into Fight Club, <laughs> where you're trying to like figure out, okay, who's gonna win here? Who's gonna who's who's got it? Who's already got that panic look in their eye in the first episode where they're just making crackers and he's already like, oh, he can't even make fucking crackers. Fucked. How's he gonna get past uh, fucking pastries? Jesus, his shoe pastry is going to be a wreck if he can't get the fucking crackers right. His fucking uh, uh, filet, not filet mignon. There's a, there's a, like a, like there's a petty for the uh, milfoy. Yeah, his milfoy going to be fucked up. Soggy bottoms everywhere. <laughs> Friends, this is the Geek Week interview of the Boy Hattie Podcast. We're at Boy Hattie Podcast on Twitter. BoyHattiePodcast.com is our website. If you're not, if you need more Bill's jibber jabber and miss beloved occasional guest host uh, Daniel Grumpy Turtle Rudis, you gotta go take care of that uh, tardy yeah head, party podcast. Head to the uh, tardypodcast.com. Yeah. yeah, if you want to hear us, t- we uh, our episodes that we've put out so far has been Yoshi's Island, Magnificent Ambersons, and Ambersons. I can't even say it straight. And Citizen Kane, mm-hmm. three episodes. We upload ep- new episodes every Wednesday. And the next one this week will be Citizen Kane. At least that's a movie you can see. <laughs> and some people have seen. Had, had, had Daniel not seen Citizen Kane? No. So that's we, we switch off back and forth. because So the first thing, my week was the first week. I had never played Yoshi's uh, Island, so I played uh, Yoshi's Island. And mm-hmm. then his turn was... Oh, Blade! No, Blade Runner. We have four episodes up. Mm-hmm. So it was Yoshi's Island. He had never seen Blade Runner, so he did he Blade Runner. Never seen Blade Runner. I hadn't seen Magnificent Ambersons. He hadn't seen Citizen Kane. And then after Citizen Kane, it's Animaniacs. Then it's Doctor Strange Love. Then it's gonna be Night of the Hunter. And then it's gonna be uh, American Werewolf in London. And then we have to figure out what we're gonna do after that. Because <laughs> the well, Halloween's coming up. Yeah. So we have to start recording like a month's worth of kind of like slightly Halloween. He wants yep. me to play Silent Hill too because I've never played Silent yeah. Hill too. That's the yeah. whole point. Of this is catching up on stuff we've always wanted to check out, but we never had the time so yeah. uh we'll see that's pretty darn good all right friends we'll talk to y'all next week about more pop culture bullshit and probably more lego uh shit. let it be known that i may be at least so one of the first people to have two uh force awakens action figures kind of kissing and fucking <laughs>
It's it's Thanks, it's Bill. it's the black guy Bill, and the I'm Venezuelan say, guy. I'm gonna say, Bill, do you really think you're the first person with these toys? These toys have been out for like at least three days. In the days. whole half life of the world, I'm one of the first. <laughs> now, like I'm one of the first thousand people to do it. If this were sweepstakes, I'd be in the running. But yeah, oh boy. the end. I love you, Bill. We'll talk to y'all next week. Take care, guys. Good house.